0: Okay.
1: Stand by. let well, hope and pray. Here we go.
2: Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. Since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Shows no signs of stopping. I brought some corn for popping. Lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss well, good night.
1: It is Saturday. Going in the but it's not ten thirty in the evening.
2: You really tight,
1: well, you know, I'm not quite ever sure way, about anything, Patricia. You know that. <laughs>
0: Are you positive? Uh, Are you going to introduce our guest, or am
1: I? You wanna flip a coin?
0: Well, he's not really a guest, he's ours.
1: I know he is. But, may I say? Uh, may I say? Yes. Yes. This is Saturday, November the 26th, year 2016. That way I know how to way date. And we're on the Blue Network, there. and we're here live, Patricia and I, and our special friend, buddy and compadre, that Patricia will get to introduce. Go right here, my dear.
0: Oh, hooray. We have Bob Bro with us. Bob is our DJ who entertains us with Gunsmoke. He is so cool, and he's going to be with us for at least an hour, maybe longer. So this is very cool. Bob, I'm so glad you're with us today. Oh,
3: well, thank you very much. It's, it's great to be here. It's great not to have to have to continually dial trying to get into you guys, only to hear that busy <laughs> signal.
0: Oh well, you know. Um, I was going to. Oh, our listeners. You know, I'm kind of befuddled today. I'm kind of all mixed up. Our listeners have no opportunity to speak of to talk with our DJs, so it's extra special for me to be able to have you here. Our listeners somehow follow us over to the Blue Network. And this is just very cool. So how is stuff with you?
3: Pretty good. Pretty good. How about you?
0: Oh, I'm fine. you've got you've got to be more elaborate than pretty good.
3: Uh, well, it's uh, I've had uh, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday off, so that was really nice. And uh, just got over a little bit of a cold, but nothing bad. And um, the weather here in the great metropolitan area of St. Louis is, Probably about 50 degrees today, and it's a beautiful sunny day. And these are the kind of days I love. You know, they're not hot. They're not so cold that you have to bundle up. It's it just, uh, just a delightful day to be out taking a walk and it's it, it's life is good life is good we're we're supposed to get uh, a little bit of a cold snap in fact we may even see our first snow i think it's on december the 9th they're predicting other than that we've had an, just an ideal fall
4: no. and
3: walden are you guys uh, are you dying of thirst out there yet
1: no i mean costa mesa is one of the four cities that we don't have water issues um in fact, we have so much water in Costa Mesa, we, we give it away to other cities when they need it. So, no, we uh, they designed our water system in the 60s so well that uh, that's not an issue here. But, but our- are
3: you not getting water from the same place that the rest of California gets? No, we're
1: gets- not. No, we don't. We, we, get it. we have our own underground uh, uh-huh. aquifer, which is very unusual okay. for this, the whole state.
3: Yeah,
0: Yeah. and Patricia, you guys
3: are having a bit of a drought down there, too, aren't you, in Florida? Oh,
0: yeah. Winter is our dry season, but my gosh, not this dry. (laughs) Um, Summer is our rainy season, and we get flooded out in different places, and I mean, it's not really that bad, but we really get a lot of rain during the summer, and it filled up Lake Okeechobee again, which means they had to release water, which means they contaminated our river, which means our fishies died, that kind of stuff. And um, but uh, Walden, out in California, we were talking about this the other day. You're fine with drinking water and stuff like that there. Um, the rest of the state is burning up. The trees are dying. I read that a hundred million trees have died in California that they can count so far because of the drought. They don't have enough water. So statewide, they're going to come to your house, Walden, with their <laughs> buckets. <laughs> Well, <laughs> and their glasses and their coffee pots and and all sorts of goodies like that. But
1: they have taken the restrictions <laughs> off in the state, so they can. Have they? Have yeah. Um, but no kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're we'll booking a little rain this afternoon and tomorrow. Um, and I'm bottled up at eight. At sixty-two degrees, so you know it's it's <laughs> cold. Uh, but no. It, Really they they do have uh serious drought issues. And you you mostly worry about it up there in the in the farm belts, you know, up there in the central valley. Up there in the center mm-hmm. of the state. That's where
3: you really worry about.
1: Yeah. Really about it. But well you know, because
3: because it's one of the few places in the country where farmers don't don't depend on rain. They they irrigate.
5: Right. Yeah. You know,
1: if you think about it. It shows you how much our generation has changed. At the beginning of the, tw- the 1900s, 95% of the U.S. population lived on farm. And 100 years later, less than 5%. And it's probably less than that now that live on a farm. And we just, you know, we've uh, created a, a place that you need 800 acres reaching a bracket to make a go of it um, if you're going to be a small-town Farmer, because the, the you know our aggregation, our water systems, our fertilizers have produced enough crops that just really have reshaped the landscape of America in a lot of ways. What do
0: you so, pray, what do you grow on eight hundred acres?
1: It's mostly soybeans. It's where the money's at right now in Nebraska.
0: What about lettuce and tomatoes and cucumbers? That's and all California. Beans? That's California.
3: Yeah, that's all up in the valley. That. It's it's amazing. I I um, had a grant. Well, I had a my mother after they migrated from Texas, like in the Grapes of Wrath, they settled in the um, her family settled in the San Joaquin Valley, about halfway between Fresno and Bakersfield. And it was always amazing to me. You'd go up there and there was there was citrus, there was melons, there was lettuce, there was just everything just everything. That was really the, the vegetable basket. And then now out in the uh, out by the Great Salton Sea out there, they irrigated a lot of that, and that became very f- fertile farmland, too. I don't know what it's like today, but... Uh.
1: You know, I, most people know I live in Orange County. That the county I live in of 5 million people, and Orange County was known as Bob remembers growing up in California, the orange trees, orange growth, up yeah. and down this whole area. And... It's now pretty much all residential. It don't need it, yeah. but most of the for the years, the Irvine Company who owned two thirds of Orange County at one time, they produced all these wonderful oranges, and they all went to Japan. That they were they were the one paying the big bucks for oranges. So all the oranges that were grown in this area for in the 70s all went over overseas. Is that right?
4: Yeah.
3: I remember my uncle had uh, a grove of trees, orange trees up in, uh, you know, up in the valley. And they were the most beautiful navel oranges. Oh, they were just gorgeous. And he would always bring us a box every winter, you know, just, and, oh, they were just, they were the size of, you know, bigger than softballs and just great, juicy and, oh, so good. But
0: Navels are yeah. wonderful. I love Valencia, yeah. which is supposed to be, A juice um, orange and, you know, it makes your lips sting and everything. Oh, but they are so good. And the navels are wonderful. I agree with you.
3: And sweet. And what's really nice about them is they grow in the winter. So that's the one thing you can get all winter long. You can get, you know, if you need, because we try to eat a lot of fruit. And during the winter, that's pretty much all you can get unless you, you know, pay top dollar for something that was grown in South America and flown up or something. Yeah so
0: we have oranges in the winter
3: yeah but uh well okay (laughs) florida has those those are oranges aren't they they're so small i forget
0: excuse (laughs) me i have i have a couple of things to admit to walden yes your strawberries are far superior to ours
1: we do grow really good strawberries here. In fact, one of the benefits my, that my mom worked, worked for over the year for the Irvine Company, uh, for a lot of years, she worked on the ranch. And after the picking season, they allowed all the employees to harvest as much food as possible if they wanted to. And that was one of the things mom always did, is bundles and bundles of strawberries. We would pick mm. them right out, and it was just wonderful. Strawberry, and that's how I learned how to pick corn, Like going into the Irvine cornfields and just husking all the corns out of there to, uh, you know, just a certain method how you, you know, you break stocks off. and. Uh, so I now, worked. is there still an
3: Irvine ranch, Walden?
1: Yes, there is. They, they are uh, very small, but they have leased to other growers to grow crops, but all the money now is in real estate development. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It got to the point the Irvine Company had so much undeveloped land. They were paying a million dollars a day in property taxes. And so they they made what? they made a deal that they gave the state of California some beach property in a, in the scheme that they could develop some of that undeveloped land. And so that's what they did in the mid-70s and that's why it becomes such a you know, housing slash multi shopping mall development.
3: Now, where is that?
1: Pretty much, it's all in Orange County and South.
3: Is is that pretty much like uh, the? Um, oh, uh, what's the name of that big big uh, development there? Not Mission Viejo, but um,
1: yeah, is that kind of
3: where you're talking about in the yeah. south there? Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Uh, right yeah. now, the big the big hot development here is called Newport Coast. And this is where Kobe Bryant and everybody buy their homes. I mean, there've been some homes down in Laguna, I remember in two thousand eight. You are sitting down, Patricia? A yes. home going for sixty million dollars. Six, Six zero? Six zero.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Patricia and I think are like six yes, 0 the,
0: the DJs are on the same track.
3: Woo! Sixty million. Oh,
0: sixty million. What do you get Boy, even
3: Kobe can't, 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 can't afford that?
0: that. <laughs> I don't know. What do you get I don't know oh, Walden? Well, I please. don't know what, what do you get for sixty million besides a <laughs> bathtub. I don't know
1: what you get for sixty million. You probably get the oh, best well, walking closet in the world, probably.
0: <laughs> you probably have to put on your hiking shoes. Uh,
1: like one, one of the big, one of the big property owners that buys is one of the, the writers, Dean, or oh, the mystery writer, Dean
4: Coons. Coons. Coons.
1: Coons. He buys property, and the really rich area. So there must be money in writing. Okay, he's one. He's one of the guys that buys the properties in in Newport Coast.
0: There is if you make it. I, I need to hop in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to hop in here for one second. We are live on Saturday the 26th, 714-545-2071. One more time, 714-545-2071. I got and you can talk with Bob Bro and the rest of the gang, and what do you get for $60 million? Well, then you have to do your homework. <laughs>
1: Well, maybe you can help me figure that out. You know, sixty million,
4: Patricia.
3: You You know what's amazing?
1: <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Is uh, when when we lived out there. Of course, I grew up out there. Right. But um, the when when we got when Carol and I got married and then we moved out there, she became fascinated with the history of the of the area. She she loves that kind of stuff and the ranchos you know the, the, the entire area of southern california was dominated
0: mm-hmm. by
3: like three different three or four different ranches
0: yeah don't hang up caller we'll be right there
3: yeah and and in and in, in, for instance ranch you know rancho los alamitos which was sort of right down b- sort of between the main ranch house was in a part of long beach down towards seal beach that ranch their territory was was like Half of the Los Angeles metropolitan area. You know, it's just amazing, and now to see see how that you know what's happened to it, it's just uh, all right. I'm sorry. I'll, you you've got a caller. We've got a caller.
0: We have a caller. I think. Walden, Walden,
1: do we have was, a caller? Yeah, we do. We have Robert from Washington. Hello, Robert. Hello there,
5: Walden Patricia. It's been a while.
0: Yes, it has. Please meet Bob Bro who is our Monday night DJ. Hello
3: Robert.
5: Yes hello Bob. I don't I, you've never met me before, but I call no, Patricia. I don't think so. Patricia. I call Walden and Patricia very uh, very often and uh, and uh, I uh, Walden and I enjoy discussing the historical facets of political science because I have a master's degree in the field and i've been an otr fan ever since i was 10 and i'm 33 now so Uh so 20
0: years robert i know you've mentioned this to us before because we asked but please repeat it how did a 10 year old get involved and enjoy old time radio very unusual uh,
5: I'll i'll tell bob the story see Um, Bob, I have cerebral palsy and uh, I use a wheelchair to get around and uh, there was this lady that would come by my house to do physical therapy, a lady by the name of Elaine Williams who I'll always hold in blessed memory for uh, introducing me to old time radio. She was doing physical therapy with me back in, I think it was 1994. And I had mentioned to her how much I enjoyed watching the TV reruns of The Green Hornet with the Van Williams and Bruce thieves And yeah. he said, well, my, my husband has a radio show of The Green Hornet. And it turned out there were two shows, and she ran off a cassette copy and, and gave me a copy. And at the end of the tape, there was... Uh, There was a number to call to order new shows, and that was clear back when Medicom was still in business, Adventures in Cassettes, out of uh, Plymouth, Minnesota, and uh, I became an OTR fan and became hooked ever since after ordering more shows after that, after those shows of the Green Hornet, so that's my story, and so... It's easy to get
3: hooked, there's no question. I didn't
5: realize the Green Hornet was on television. Oh yeah. Oh, Van Williams and Bruce Lee. Yes.
3: Bruce uh, Lee played Kato. Yeah.
5: Bruce Lee played Kato, and of course, he was the big karate et- expert and kung fu and uh, e- everything like that. So he was a natural to play Kato. In fact, in other in other um, countries, the show is referred to as Kato with the Green Hornet because Bruce Lee was so popular that. People in the Asian countries, especially, thought Bruce Lee was the real star of the show. And wow! Boy, did and I then he, he he he
3: kind of gained mystical proportions when he died very young. And then, ironically, his son, who sort of took up the mantle, the same thing happened. He made two or three films and 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 died. And uh, yeah. Oh my
0: gosh! What did what did the elder or the older, not the elder, the older Cato die of? Bruce Just Lee. Uh, Bruce Lee, uh, I don't know,
5: you know, is it, is it still mysterious circumstances, Bob? I
0: uh, I. Uh, I want
3: to say that. Okay, let's get the old Google up here. Bruce <laughs> Lee.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you're here. We have, a, we have a parade of people who will say something and say, look it up, Patricia. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I'm so yeah. glad you're here to rescue me. And how about the son? What happened to him?
3: The son was... It, didn't he die on the during the filming of a... Yeah,
5: that's what I can't remember. I think he died yeah, on the set. He died on set after uh, some kind of accident that I forget now what it was. I think... Wasn't he doing some kind of water stunt or something and then he ended up getting out of the water and then dying just...
3: Well, it oh. says Bruce Lee died at age 32, tragically... He died um, July 20th in Hong Kong after suffering brain edema, believed to be caused by an adverse reaction to a pain medication.
5: Oh, my wow. gosh.
3: 32 years old.
5: Oh, my gosh.
3: And then what was his son? Brandon Lee, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, Brandon Lee was the one, yeah. Let's oh my see here.
0: To a pain medication, of all things.
5: You
1: know,
3: isn't it? Brand Brandon Lee died of a gunshot wound on March thirty first, nineteen ninety three at the filming studio in Wilmington, North Carolina, at the age of twenty eight after an accidental and I gotta go on after it let's see. Well, I'll get it here in a minute.
0: Yeah, it sounds like another terrible result of a blank in yeah. the gun chamber because those things can kill. They come out with the, the, the little wads that they put in there instead of the bullet itself. Um, they are very powerful, very powerful.
3: Yeah, it says in the scene in which he was filming the movie The Crow, and it says in the scene in which Lee was accidentally shot, his character walked into his apartment and discovered his fiance being beaten by thugs. Uh, then it names an actor who was playing a character, fired a forty-four Magnum revolver at Lee as he walked into the room. A previous scene using the same gun had called for inert dummy cartridges fitted with bullets, but no powder or primer to be loaded in the reviver for a close-up scene. For film scenes which utilize a revolver and do not require, well, anyway, it, it's like what you said, Patricia, I don't want to yeah. get too... Too technical oh in my
4: gosh too close pretty
3: pretty sick yeah too
4: close yeah. i've actually
3: been to that movie studio in wilmington north carolina uh, that's where they filmed that uh, what was that one sitcom with the kids um, the
0: Brady bunch
3: no no it was it wasn't a sitcom it was a, like a situation it was the one that uh, starred um, oh gosh I tell you guys, it's early dementia. It's coming.
0: <laughs> you know, it's coming. You know, you know how good I am on television, Walden, and movies. Mm-hmm. I am just a crack shot on movies. I haven't seen a movie in how long, Walden? <laughs> <laughs> Gone with the wind.
1: <laughs> you know.
3: You you know what we've discovered. At least I have. Carol doesn't feel quite this strongly about it. But since we you know we've got a pretty nice sized TV. I don't know what it is. It's. <laughs> 48 inches or 60 inches or something, <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, they're so clear now yeah. and, uh, you can watch a movie on there. To me, it's every bit as entertaining as I never liked watching movies on television because of the screen size and the, the, um, you know, the fact that they had, they ended up usually cutting off the sides of the right. movie and whatnot. Yeah. Right but boy now you watch it and it's it's just we watched the new Star Wars movie a couple of weeks ago and it's just like I felt like I was in the theater.
0: Yeah, I don't want to lose Robert here. Robert I'm what sorry, are you listening yeah. to this week. What? What's what that? are you listening to? What what is your what is your mission to listen to this week? I was
5: going to tell Walden that I that thank you for alerting me via Facebook that MeTV is now showing the televised version of Our Miss Brooks.
1: And yeah, they have restored them all four years, and so uh, they're running them on MeTV. And, on I, and I, I think friend Gloria McMillan know about it, and her husband Ron. And. Martin thinks he can get his hands on an upgrade copy and send them to him, so, uh, it's, it's nice. It's nice that, uh, MeTV had restored the R.M.S. book show, and so... Yeah,
5: well, um, my next question was going to be would they would they ever sell them again to release the rights to get the complete series on DVD, because that's what I'd like to have. That's my understanding that will happen, um... Uh,
1: Martin, it say generally the way it works now in the TV business, if they, rele- if, they re- if they put the money in restoring the print, and run them on T you can bet they will release them as a DVD. So, Martin, pretty sure it will be coming out as a, a DVD set. So. Oh
5: well, I hope I hope it's soon because. Anymore, I like to save my money and wait till the complete series comes out and just have the whole shebang right in front of me. And they—they they sure have been slow in releasing the old TV version of Gunsmoke, Bob. I think they're only halfway through the twenty-year run for the TV show. And, really? Uh, yeah. Now
3: you know on Stars <clears throat> Western Station they play Gunsmoke regularly.
5: Yeah.
3: Uh, if you have stars, yeah. The, um, and I know we we started taping them, and I told it to tape the series. And I think I had like fifty six episodes, and I finally said, "Hey, stop." <laughs> you know, yeah. Because that's too many to watch for me. But
5: uh, yeah, things like CSI and Law and Order get that way because they're showing multiple reruns on multiple stations. Yeah. And I was. I was going to ask you. I, I suppose you're biased and you favor the radio version of Gunsmoke over the TV one because that's what you MC for yesterday USA. So, uh, what I guess my question is, what's your what was your favorite episode of the radio series that you could listen to over and over again?
3: You know, it's funny. I I enjoy both the TV show and the and the radio show, and I kind of view them as two different shows. You know, I, 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 although a lot of them use the same scripts, yeah. You, know. uh, you know, it's like asking you, who's, which Which is your favorite kid? You yeah, know. I know. Um,
0: I like that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was you, Patricia.
0: Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> she had four to choose from, and I wasn't it.
3: There, there, there's several that were just really outstanding. One of my favorite, I I like some of the quirky ones, some of the funny ones. And uh one of my favorite ones is the one called The Wake, which didn't come along until I think fifty nine or so. But it's it's really funny. It's about a guy named Orson Boggs who who um is burying his friend. And uh well anyway, it it it's a funny episode. It ends up it's misdirection. He's trying to get, get away from his wife and and uh, no nobody died he was trying to bury himself and it was yeah it was pretty pretty good episode
0: oh now that, that's really unusual for gunsmoke they you know they're oh they really had a awesome. lot of really quirky it was fun
3: ones yeah a
0: lighthearted episode but when something like that comes along it's such a departure from what you normally expect were there other writers who showed up you know when when the writers took a vacation something like that and showed up and did something different for the show. Well,
1: sometimes some of the actors even wrote script. Um, yeah. Through, I'm trying. To and think. the sound man. Sound man, and like yeah. there's, there's a script. A script. Uh, sure, it of has a baseball theme. In Gunsmoke. Yeah. And that's written by one of the actors who, at the time, was a, became a baseball historian. So he decided to sit down,
5: and write a baseball theme through a Gunsmoke show. Didn't yeah, Gun, cool. didn't didn't Gunsmoke try to do a uh, a knockoff of the Christmas Carol where Doc was Mister Scrooge or something? And didn't they try to do a knockoff? Or was am I thinking of the Six Shooter? The Six Shooter is what you're thinking of. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because they they had a they had a knockoff of uh, the Christmas Carol, right? On on that and.
3: And so, yeah, that, but, um, well, I remember mm-hmm. on the story of Gunsmoke, <clears throat> uh, I i think it was, um, well, I forget who was telling the story, but, but they were, they were brought out that, um, it was probably Norm McDonald mm-hmm. because he was bringing out that for the Chris, they had a couple different Christmas shows they would kind of alternate over the years. One of them was, was a take on, on a, a child being born in in a barn, you know, it, which was kind of good. But there were, there was another one called, um, uh, what was the one where Matt meets the guy on the trail right. and they and ride together?
4: Ride, ride back. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I, yeah. They're riding horseback together. Cause Matt's horse had gone lame and he's telling him all about he, Matt's wanting to get back in time and dodge in time for Christmas. Well, anyway, d- um, Norm Macdonald said that, that, uh, uh, John Meston purposely the next week wrote a script that was just gritty and gruesome. And he said, I can't have everybody thinking that we've gone soft. And the next one was about a woman that was being held hostage by these men that were savaging her. And it was it was really a it's it's called the cabin. Yeah. And it's one of the really famous episodes. And, you know, so uh, there you go. It's There you go, Patricia. Sometimes, you know what uh, else is interesting? I don't mean to get off the subject, but after Meston started writing for television and he just became editor of the scripts for radio, a lot of the later scripts, the probably the last three years, more than half of them were written by women.
5: Yep.
3: Yep. Kathleen Height and, and uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We,
5: we, uh, we were cleaning out some of my grandmother's old stuff when died, and there was I found the sheet music for the radio theme for Gunsmoke, the song "Old Trail," and it even had it yeah. had words. And until until I saw the sheet music, I didn't realize the theme song had was a song that had words to it.
1: You, you want to you know you want to know the background story behind the Gunsmoke theme song?
5: Yeah, sure. Why not?
1: Red Coy with the musical arranger, conductor for Gunsmoke and he was getting ready to do the first show and he he had about twenty minutes and he forgot he forgot one thing. He, you know, he was preparing the first show and the music, he forgot to create an opening. Yeah. And all he had was time to go to the bathroom. So he wrote the the opening in his bathroom. For
5: Gunsmoke. Oh. Yeah, I think you told <laughs> me that before Walden, when I got on the air yeah. and announced that I had found the music, yeah. so
1: yeah. So, so I guess some, maybe some of the best, some of the writer's best plans are
5: in the bathroom. What do you think, Patricia? Huh? Yeah. Mine are in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I always say don't knock insomnia because it was Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster during the sleepless night that they were all running back and forth to each other's houses and by the end of the night they had created superman
3: superman
0: yeah, yeah. the morning
5: they are trying to put everything together
0: well then how old were they when they did super when they created superman oh god they were in their teens 18 19 yeah, years old they ago. were very young and the sad thing about it
3: uh, they never made any money, they, did they? they?
1: Made money. They didn't. They they didn't know enough about the business side of it to keep the piece of the action. And the same thing
5: happened with Kenny Delmar and Senator Claghorn when Warner Brothers came along and created Foghorn Laghorn, They took the rights away from Kenny Delmar, and when he was on the air trying to play Senator Senator Claghorn. Uh, he had to ask Warner Brothers for permission to use his own character because they didn't know enough about the rights issues back then either. For that either.
0: Wow, I think it's very. Common... Well,
3: that happened with Fibber McGee and Molly too, right?
5: Well, The Great Gildersleeves is another example
1: of that because Al Perry, in 1945, because when I just had a son on, um, he said, for tax purposes, Dad we're trying to incorporate. Because it, yeah, most yeah. people know tax rate was 95%. And he could keep it. And, and he said, he would tell me his dad, Hal Perry, in 1949 was making 6500 a week. Wow. 6500 a week, and Kraft offered more money, more money, but all he wanted was the ownership to the name Gillespie to incorporate because he had to pay 95% of it away in the taxes. So... That was part of the reason why Hal and Kraft separated, because he couldn't keep what he was making.
4: Mm. Yeah.
3: That, uh, I was listening, as the tax rate starts going up, the comedian John Lovitz Mm -hmm. was being interviewed recently, and he was complaining about how much he's paying in taxes now, and someone said, or he said, somebody told him, well, you've got to pay your fair share. And he said, half, half, <laughs> half a fair share. Yeah. It, you ought to get to keep what you make, at yeah. least, you know, reasonably so.
0: Now, when, when you say half, our ceiling, when I say ceiling, it's 39% is the, the top of my taxes. How does 50% fit in there?
1: Well, if you, live in I don't Cal- know. if you live in California, we have a state tax of 11%. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah, we don't, and I always forget that. Yeah.
3: How much, it? 11? 11,
1: and, and we just passed a new law. It's going to go up to 13.
3: <laughs> now, in St. Louis, it's not nearly that high in Missouri, but it's not cheap. And then the city, if you live within the city of St. Louis, 1% of all of your income goes goes to a, a city tax too, so.
4: Yeah, that's right. Florida
3: has no state. You know, it's funny, when I met uh, Michael Connolly, the author, mm-hmm. uh, all of his stories take place in Los Angeles. Right. And I asked him, I said, I, you know, I, I was surprised that he lived in Tampa. And, and well, he had originally been a, a uh, crime writer for the Miami Herald, but now he was living in Tampa, and he said, well, my accountant suggested it. <laughs> because yes. as long as he's there six months out of the year or, or whatever the thing is, he doesn't have to pay state yes. income tax.
0: Well, it's, it's six, month, six months in one day. You're is right. that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that one, at, um, that one in,
1: in the music industry in the 30s and 40s. Um, New, New Jersey had no state income tax. And so a lot of performers, like Kitty and others I knew, they were working in Manhattan, and then they go across the George Washington Bridge and live in Englewood, New Jersey. And the reason why, that's where Glenn Miller's Accountant settled. So the whole in- music industry on the East Coast settled in Englewood, New Jersey, because A, Glenn Miller's Accountant, and B, because they didn't have to pay that additional tax.
0: I had never heard of an accountant having a following. (laughs) Isn't that? I'm I'm serious. I think about that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: because, you know, Glenn was so financially successful. I think that's why they had the reputation of following his accountant around even though Glenn was gone.
0: I'd keep that guy secret. I (laughs) wouldn't spread it in the industry. You know, when you get that many people, then the really big guys have to make an appointment. <laughs> they aren't accustom accustomed to that. So, Robert, imagine being
5: Warren Buffett's accountant.
0: Oh yeah.
3: He's probably got more than one. I'll uh, guarantee you. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah
5: um, personal and. No, I'll let I'll let you guys talk, and I'll get I'll get off here. Maybe call back later this evening. Terrific. Come back on for the. Well,
3: Roberts, it tra- pleasure talking to you.
5: Yes, nice to meet you too, Mr. Bro. Good good
0: to talk.
3: <laughs> Mr. Bro, I like, did you hear that, Patricia? I
0: certainly did. <laughs> That's um, right. Robert is just uh, he's a very special person. Robert, I'm so glad we got a chance to talk with you. Maybe we can yeah. do that again tonight. We'll, yeah, we'll be back at the regular time. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm,
5: I'll just say I'm glad the election is over, and with a new administration, hopefully comes new employment opportunities so I can finally put my master's degree to work.
1: That'd be nice. Yeah, nice. that would
5: be nice.
1: All right, Rob, well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. And our number here is 714-545-2071. I know several of you sent me emails that... You were going to work this afternoon. Once you got off work, you were going to call. So, uh, we'll be here for up until Mm -hmm. 4 o'clock West Coast time or 7 o'clock Eastern. And then uh, we'll we'll give everybody a big big lunch, dinner break. And then we'll be back on. And then tonight, (laughs) late tonight, Patricia and I got a chance to sit down last week with Ron DeFord, Don DeFord's son. And... It's a wonderful interview for two and a half hours, and Don DeFord, besides being an actor, uh, he he owned and ran the barbecue stand at Disneyland. And he ran what? what? The barbecue. What? The barbecue. And, and, and
3: it
0: was, yeah, the silver banjo.
3: Don, Don DeFoe, DeFord. The, the one that played on Ozzy and Harriet?
0: Yes, yes. Exactly. It really? yes. was next door neighbor Thorny. Yeah,
3: Thorny. And yeah. And was
0: so lovable in that role. I mean, he was just. And one of the things that impressed me, and I mentioned it to Ron, was that the older he got, the more handsome he got. When he was young, he, you know, I mean, how do you how do you say something? I mean, he wasn't a particularly handsome person, and the more he progressed through his career. He put on a little weight. He had a nice smile. He had a wonderful voice, and he actually became more handsome and more lovable the older. Kind of like
3: Walden and I.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Another and interesting he- stash Don't was his first was Ronald Reagan's first sponsor to get into the political arena to do public public speaking. On, on Oh, is a, that right? On a political show. It's a fascinating two and a half hours of Ron' memory of his dad. And all the different ventures he got into. So what we'll that. Now, now? Did he do
3: much radio? He
1: did a lot of radio. Yeah.
3: Did he? I don't. I don't remember him. Especially guest in... re-
1: guest stars on Lux and different things. Okay. Yeah.
3: Hey, since I knew I was going to get you, Walden, <clears throat> I I have a <laughs> couple of couple of questions here.
4: Oh. Do, I, to
3: do, do, do I? No, no. These. No, I'm am... not trying to do stump I, you. No, no, no.
1: Do I get to reciprocate? Okay, go ahead. Go
0: ahead, Bob. Okay. Do I get to listen? Wasn't
3: it against union policy for shows like, let's say, in the fifties, for an individual to play more than one role on an episode of a show?
1: It was by the fifties. They had to get an exemption to, 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 if they're going to do more than double. Because once they, they once it got to the point. They had to pay him a a, 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 sec, a different paycheck for every role. Back in the 30s, they didn't do that. So they would always look for the actor who was versatile. And so if he did oh, okay. three or four roles, they would pay just one salary.
3: But, well, like, I, just for instance, I've been listening to uh, a number of episodes of The Lineup. Yeah. And Howard McNair always plays multiple roles. On those, I mean, not always, but yeah. often he does. You know, he'll be one of the people in the lineup and he'll put on a foreign accent or something, but it's so obviously him. Right. And then later he'll play one of the detectives. Right. And so are you saying he got two paychecks?
1: A lot of times did, yeah. For example, here's a great story. Art Gilmore, with the announcer on the Red Rider radio show, and they had they had the the opening with canned music, you know the opening uh, song. So he just just for fun, he started to whistle the theme. Well, two weeks later, he didn't know he got a second paycheck for whistling on the show. So he would get two <laughs> paychecks.
4: Wow. Okay. So
1: so so it was to the point if you if you could go up to the point to double. And then beyond that, by the fifty he had had a had a union exemption, but they had to pay for those extra rolls.
3: Okay. All right. So so why why would larger
0: it larger than was the second salary larger than the first?
1: That, that's a good question. I don't know I don't know that for, for, for sure. My my guess is probably on the union roll it, it may be a guy just the downward if, if they got a proper waiver, but that'd be my guess, I, I don't know. Isn't don't that know.
0: interesting? No time
3: in the. What do you mean a waiver?
0: Well, if
1: they had a rule that they were trying to get as many actors uh, right. to work in, in radio, they probably had, they, the director could probably allow to hire up to one actor to play in two roles. If they were going to look for somebody to play three or four, he had to go to the union to get a waiver for that in the 50s. Okay. Because generally, right. in the heyday of radio, and Conor uh, Benjamin Bingham was looking at it, uh, the, there was a radio directory, directory, and he said there was about 400 actors that made a living out of radio. And so, you know, they were probably trying to spread the wealth to those 400 actors or so yeah. making a living.
3: Yeah, well, I, I mean, that. you hear this, yeah. At least in the as far as the LA companies go, you just hear the same actors over and over and over and over again.
0: Yep. Yeah. If both of you are so sensitive to voices. I would, you know, Walton say, "Okay, who is this? I don't know." <laughs> well, he's the same person who's playing this role in the same show. I was like, "I don't know." Both of you are really sensitive to voice. Well,
3: I I don't know them as well as these guys do because uh, Walden and and Larry and John have met most of these people, you know.
1: And John, Larry, uh, John, Larry are the best two I know of. They're better than I am by far. Uh, Cause they were for 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 right purposes. They were hired to figure out all the voices for Gunsmoke back in the uh, 80s. Wow. And, yeah, yeah. They they, they, they were what? They were hired to listen to the Gunsmoke show and to give cash credits. That way, oh, really? the royalties were paid out to them. Oh! So, so John Lloyd are really, really good about that kind of stuff.
3: Now, wait a second. Royalties were paid in the eighties.
1: When Radio Spirits, when Carl Martin, oh, they, he would he would have a deal. So he would have have John Lloyd break down all the cash credits for him.
3: Is that right? Mm-hmm. Now, when did that stop?
1: Uh, well, he dumped the company in 2000, so when he sold it all to Media Bay.
3: Do you mean to tell me that, that he was paying royalties to Gunsmoke cast members in the 90s?
1: In the 80s, that was my understanding. I don't know. It could have been. It could have been a different deal, a lump sum, but can we radio rights? What the proper way to use or murky is best?
3: Yeah, I and, was going to say. I remember one of the interviews you guys played from Spurback with Parley Bearer. He he was kind of lamenting the fact that, you know, these shows have gotten popular right. again, and they and they didn't make any money off right.
1: of them. And and uh, sometimes sometime if they can't find the actual right holder they would pay a few bucks to the different casts or something and that's what that's what I understand what happened for the Gunsmoke deal I don't know the full the full bid aside but uh, Carl well Martin, when you know, when when like
3: Jerry monster. came along when Jerry Hendigus and Don Aston and those guys came along that kind of did they do any of that
1: It depends on the project they were working on. They were looking at at copyright, and uh, *Gunsmoke* is one of those there there's no copyrights on uh, on the uh, the books. Yeah. So, it really all depends, show by show. And can have done I've looked up close to 200. I pretty much know which ones could be employed, which ones could not. So it's, it's sort of a case by case
0: scenario
3: hmm interesting Mm -hmm. patricia you don't
0: recognize voices no once in a while i'll recognize a lot of john daner but i mean you know how much i enjoy john daner's voice and his portrayals but i cannot tell you the number of shows i get to the end and and they'll say you know joe blow was played by john daner
4: yeah
3: (laughs) daner daner could do um accents better than almost anybody you know
0: I think so I think in so. fact
3: that that Gunsmoke episode I, I on one of my shows um there, I, I played this episode called The Wake that I was just just talking about mm-hmm. and John Daner plays this old this old guy right and then and then um Virginia G- Gregg plays his wife and she's you know, just a, a really domineering old country woman, right? And then in the very next show, I played an episode of Frontier Gentleman called The Well. And Dana, of course, plays the Frontier Gentleman. And and uh, Virginia Gregg played this, this young... Uh, wife and you know these landowners these homesteaders that had moved in and she just has this real pleasant just just sounds like the nicest person you ever want to meet and I remember playing clips of those side by side and thinking these are the same people it was exactly the same two you know but it sounded totally totally different I mean they were very very talented yeah
0: She was really great. A couple of times I've mentioned, probably more than a couple of times, we will hear actors and actresses who all sound like they have a bad Russian accent. And they got there because they said, oh, yes, I can do French. Oh, yes, I can do Spanish. And most of it was I can do Spanish. And you listen to these things and say, you know, are you from Moscow? (laughs) It's really terrible. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's funny. I, I I remember as a, a young, when I was younger, I could do accents, and I I can't do them anymore at all. I, every once in a while, I'll try to fool around. like just talking to people and go into it, and then I get totally embarrassed. I I just can't do them anymore.
0: Well, then don't do
1: it. Why well, don't? Yeah, Patricia has a good ear. She she can do all the different New Yorkies out there.
0: Well, I can do some.
1: Show it, Patricia. Show your. <clears throat> yeah. Show it, Show Brooklyn. your, show your yeah, my, New my,
0: Yeah, my my favorite one is Hey, how you doing? <laughs> That's it. That's, That's my entire repertoire.
3: <laughs> I'll never forget one time I flew into into New York uh, on business, and uh, I hadn't been there in a while. Of course, I lived there for four years, and and um, I, I remember I was at at Kennedy Airport, and and it was an early morning flight. I'd flown all night. And I got on this bus to go out to the, to get my rental car. And there was this bus driver, you know, it's typical New Yorker. And all of a sudden, this this old couple stepped off into a crosswalk in front of the bus. And the guy just opens the door, slams on the brakes, opens the door. And he just, you know, hey, what are you doing, you idiot? Watch me, you know, and they just came right back, right back at him. They're both just yelling. And and he shuts the door and he starts laughing. (laughs)
0: Ha
3: ha ha. I guess I, told them
0: and i i, I thought
3: that's... to myself welcome to new york yeah welcome yeah back.
0: The, that that is the place where you insert the word hey stupid <laughs> <laughs> yes
3: you know what's funny is, is a lot of times i i would i would fly into chicago this is back when i traveled for business and and uh Again, I would take all-night flights out of L.A. a lot. And, and there was always these baggage handlers and stuff that were in, in one of the coffee shops having coffee. And I'd listen mm-hmm. to them talk, and they sounded like New Yorkers. You yeah. know, that's the, kind of the yeah. old, duh-duh, Duck, Duck bears.
0: Yeah. yeah, And I want to apologize to our New York listeners. I'm truly not making fun. I am from New York. I just didn't take the New York accent with me. And it took a lot of practice. <laughs>
3: Oh, I love New York.
4: Yeah,
3: uh,
0: yeah. I lived there and, for and four and years. It I loved it. was, York. you know, it was only words, and there were two words that I had a real problem with, and sometimes I still do. I just couldn't get rid of it. One of them is sure. Sure. And the other one, yeah, and the other one is course.
3: Of course. Say those
0: words. Say those words for me.
3: Sure and of course
0: that's exactly the way they would come out
3: yeah oh you mean you even
0: with you yeah, those were the two oh. words that that just gave me such a fuss and it, it took a lot of time, and every once in a while it'll come out, but i I finally got to sure and of course, I finally got there, but it you know I, I would say I'll be on the phone with somebody and they'll say da, 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 and I'll say of course." <laughs> It just doesn't make
4: it. You just <laughs>
3: blew your cover, yeah. It's Eliza just Doolittle like just blew her cover.
0: Exactly, exactly. We are at 714-545-2071. It is Saturday afternoon on November 26, 2016, in case you get to listen to this later. And we are taking phone calls. Our our guest dj i don't know how well, Oh, our host uh, our third host today we have got walden and bob bro and me in here bob bro is our monday night gun smoke person and gosh we're just so happy that he's here and you have an opportunity to talk with one of our djs you don't get that opportunity very often so do it seven one four five four five two oh I did get an email from Dan in Indiana, and he said he will call when he finishes up work. He expected us to be here from at this moment until 3 o'clock in the morning, and I just can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're taking a break in between. I hope Dan gets home in time to say hi, otherwise it'll be tonight.
3: Okay, I have another question. <clears throat> you ready, Walden? I'm ready. And, and this, is, this one's Gunsmoke related. Um, I noticed on, on uh, well, on Jerry Hendegas' site, which I, I use as reference a lot because he, I feel like he has probably the most accurate episodic, episodic uh, lists of all the shows that he has. But on Gunsmoke, he's got a series of shows, about 10 of them, and it says these are the East Coast versions of the show. And they have more dialogue than the West Coast. Kind of interesting to listen to the difference. Why would Gunsmoke have had an East Coast and a West Coast show? It was never done live, was it?
1: That's a good point. Um, did do you know if it was uh, have you watched at the date? Were they the Saturday? Because for a while, they did it Saturday morning and Sunday. And sometimes they they did a script with two different casts. And they might have... They did? Oh, yeah. Okay, they, these are, uh, let's see, show 210,
3: 211, 213, 14, 15, 16. They're all from April fifty six. And then it starts up again in the early part of 57.
1: That's what I think. There's about 60 shows. Stuart Wright, if you Google up Stuart Wright, he's done a lot of research on Gunsmoke, and he have discovered there are 60 Gunsmokes where a lot of people just thought they were just repeat, and they were not. They were actually, um. it was actually the same script, was done twice, and let's face it. Sometimes, uh, Sunday Sunday show could have been sponsored, and Saturday morning could not.
0: Oh, so, interesting. So, so,
1: so it's sort of like the old theory of the Long Ranger, where the, when the Long Ranger had three broadcasts, the, the middle one had more had more was 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 the commercial sponsor, and the other ones were not. So it depends. It on what script. And, in other words, um, in
3: other words, like Post Toasties or something yes. was only paying for one show.
0: Yes. Okay. That meant that the alternative show had to be longer, correct? Because they didn't have. Oh, well, not necessarily. Could did they leave a space for the local stations to drop in? Well, a lot. Of no, time, they didn't. No. They went. They went right through. They, they didn't do that. They did, they did a PSA, maybe.
3: Yeah, they did. They would do PSAs when they didn't, oh. when they weren't sponsored. What's interesting though is I, I believe now I could be wrong on this, but I think on some of these, if you listen to them, it's organ music. Yeah. Ins- oh, instead think, of the the and, little combo that they right. would and have. and I
1: think org- I think that was Saturday morning. I think I think they could could for a, long, for a while. Gunsmoke were heard twice a weekend. Saturday morning and Sunday afternoon.
3: But they were both transcribed, right? Correct. Hmm.
1: Interesting. It's interesting. It's, so that, that's just my theory, but uh, Stuart Wright, if you Google Stuart Wright Gunsmoke, he's probably got a better explanation about it Okay. Than, than what I'm giving you, but that'd be my gut
0: hunch, what, it, what it's all about. Do it now, Bob. You say it. I'm doing it, do it
3: now, and that way I'll at least bookmark it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> do it now. That's that's from the Bickersons. I want to jump in here. We have never done this that I know of. We talk about Jerry Andegis every once in a while as a collector, and he's got lots of information. Jerry has an old-time radio site that is just chock-a-block full of information. It is O-T-R-Site, O-T-R-S-I-T-E. Dot com and you might have a good time up there. He's got old-time radio um, logs. Who had what show on what date, and they're alphabetical. Um, he's got some old-time radio information, and it's it's a fun t- a fun site to visit. So do it. O T R sitecom
1: a, a new feature. A new feature he's he done. Click on transcription label he is transcribing 300 episodes a month and he'll post the label up for you so you can see yeah it's AD. pretty pretty impressive you can see, you can see all the impressive. different labels of the different radio shows that he's working on and yeah that, that's, that's a new feature that he posted in the last couple of years Not that
0: see that's that's where life going on.
3: That, that, that's where you leave me in, in, in this hobby if you want to call it a hobby uh, I, I enjoy certain shows, but boy, you look at some of these transcription labels Jerry has, and you think, what in the world? I mean, there's just, there was so many, you know, and so many obscure, and I mean, some of them might have been entertaining to listen to, or a lot of them might have made Patricia's Friday Night Show, you know?
0: <laughs> and that's, those are the ones I look for, Bob, the ones that I know, have yeah. so few episodes, sometimes only one episode, and I frequently discover why.
3: But, see, that's why I enjoyed the shows from the 50s so much is because by then they had really gotten the the art of yeah. doing it, you know.
0: Yeah, and I just love the old, awful stuff. So I'm a good yeah. candidate for ferreting them out. All right, well, next time I grab, yeah,
3: up. I'll send you one, yeah.
0: Oh, good. Oh, that, I mean, oh, that oh, if I oh, find oh,
3: something. Oh,
1: oh, wait a minute. You know, Patricia tried to be very careful with the sacred cows of old-time radio. <laughs> and I'm going to ask. Not act- careful, that. I'm gonna ask you, Bob, and make it, and Patricia can. I can ask Patricia to play your recommendation. What's the worst gun smoke you've heard of the five hundred and of the five hundred episodes?
3: You know the the one I can't stand to listen to is a really good script, but it's the one that um um. Oh, let me think where Paul Frees plays doc. Uh-huh. And I know that he was probably one of the most talented voice actors in, in radio. I understand he, he, he had such a versatile voice. He could do almost anything, but he didn't sound anything like Howard McNair, but he tried to. And that was an episode from 58 called the cast. But the, the, the story was very good. But I just can't stand to listen to it because I, I, I just, Howard McNair was just so much that role, you know.
0: Would it have been a better deal if they had had, a, if they put Doc out sick or on vacation or something and Paul Freese came in as a replacement, would that have worked?
3: Yeah, I suppose, yeah. But I don't Maybe. know how you could do that because they had such a hard time finding doctors back then, you know. But uh, it, it, was, it was a good episode. Other than that, I don't know, there's, there's not too many. Um, when you get, to be honest, I don't listen to the later shows as often because we don't have the good sound quality. I mean, I've listened to everything at least two or three times, I'm sure, but I tend not to play ones that, that are, you know, don't have good sound quality because as I understand it, and again, talking to Jerry, he was the one that was telling me this, is that a lot of the later shows – Uh, were taped off radio. You know, he said there's several episodes of Gunsmoke that the only copies they had was some fella in Dallas or North Carolina or someplace, Charlotte, North Carolina, or someplace that taped it off the radio and kept them. So... Hmm. And then they had some that were from the um, armed services. But, yeah.
1: Speaking of Paul Free, you know what he... One of the many gifts he was known for was mimicking. As, as we all yeah, I,
3: I understand he was probably the best at what he did there was. It's just in that this one role, I didn't... Uh, and it tells I didn't you,
1: and I'll give you a phrase how good he was. You know, uh, Arthur Godfrey had a daily show, uh, you know, for, with, with the talent scout or whatever. Not the talent scout, but, you know, the, uh, the Arthur Godfrey morning show. Um, yeah. That was five days a week, everybody, and there was a particular sponsor that Godfrey had only heard on the East Coast. So they, ha- the West Coast, hired Paul Freeze to mimic Arthur Godfrey doing a West Coast product during the same time Arthur was speaking the East Coast product. <laughs> so he would have to listen. That's funny. He would have to listen yeah. to Arthur Godfrey <laughs> estimate when he was going to go pick the East Coast product. They would bring that pot down, and he would mimic Arthur Godfrey picking a West Coast product during the well, no live broadcast. Arthur
0: Godfrey, yeah, Arthur Godfrey's speech and tone, because it was so distinctive, was probably easier to imitate than some of the others who had more mainstream voices, but recognizable, like uh, like Doc, for example. Yeah. Well, then I forget which which <laughs> Richard Diamond I played. What wouldn't. What was it? I got beaten up so bad for that one. <laughs> November five,
1: nineteen forty nine, the show that everybody else loved, it they considered the best Richard Diamond, but the one with the the screaming neighbor where where Richard Diamond loses his singing voice and the the neighbors try to they get rid of Richard Diamond. So oh, that if
0: it, it was the one where they had imitation yes. um the yeah, the Pat Novak and a couple of others, and they tried to weave it into a story with Richard Diamond. and It was such a departure, I and it grated on me. It just didn't work for me. And as soon as I started uh, recording with Walden and Larry, I said, I've got, I don't know what the name of the episode was, and, and I heard Larry say, That's my favorite episode. I thought, oh, boy. (laughs) I think I'm in trouble here, and I was. Um, And a lot of people really enjoyed that episode, but, oh, gosh, you know, they they just had, (sighs) it was bad. November 5,
1: 1949, everybody can look it up. That's the one Patricia decided to
4: pan.
0: Yeah, and if you like it or don't like it, whatever. I can send it to you <laughs> if you can't find it. And I need more people on my team. <laughs> was, but I'm really, it's it's a personal pick, and I understand that. I, sometimes I flop, and sometimes I make it. But um, this one didn't make it for me, and it made it for a lot of other people. So it, it was fun. We had some really good discussions about it. I love
3: I, I it. <laughs> I didn't realize you, you were playing... Uh, Shows like Richard Diamond.
4: So right, your your show even funny.
3: includes episodes. Yeah. I mean, it, you might have a show that you like the show, but you you didn't like this particular episode.
0: Exactly. Correct. Exactly. Ah. And, and see, I, mean, I
3: always thought you were just playing obscure shows.
0: Uh, well, most of the time, yes, but once in a while, and yeah, Robin I was going to say because I'll you favorite. know I'll
3: hear you doing it, yeah. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. Interesting. We'll we'll talk about that. And I, I will say, it's not the program, it's the episode. That uh, you know, I, Almost every show had a bomb.
4: Oh, yeah, and, sure. You know, it
0: had, if it had any length of playing, you know, if it wasn't four months and it was a full season, you, you're pretty safe to say, well, there was something in there that didn't make the grade. But some of them didn't make the grade a lot. So anything is vulnerable, and it really is the earlier shows that. Is, is there
3: any actor that is that that a lot of people just love that 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 either one of you just is not really crazy about?
1: Well, I know who Patricia is. Who's that? Who's that? Patricia can't stand
0: Frank Lovejoy.
3: Oh, really? Well,
0: it's his voice. I'm sure, it's, and his acting was really good. I think he's got one of the most irritating voices in radio. He's got that
3: scratchy voice. You know who, who I didn't just, and I don't know what it is, but Dick Powell, I just, you know, he he was supposed to be this tough guy. And I mean, if you, I I guess I remember Dick Powell from the early days of television when they used to do the four star theater, I think it was or Mm -hmm. something. And he, he, he was always a little guy. He was a small man. And, you know, always very well-groomed and stuff, and I just never could picture him playing this tough guy. And I, I don't know. I'm just not a not a big Dick Powell fan.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, um, I may take some lumps for this one as well. By happenstance, I was listening to Shoutcast one day, and they've got a couple of old-time radio shows up there. And the earliest, it might have even been number one, in the Box 13 series played, and it was dreadful. I'm not, yeah,
3: Alan Ladd was, that show always seemed um, contrived to me. Yeah, well,
0: I I enjoy listening to it once in a while. It's not a terrible show for me, but this particular episode, it made me wonder how it ever got past the auditions. Yeah. Well, well have well, you ever heard that, that particular episode?
1: No, but I always thought Box 13, the scripts were a little weak. See, um, yes. you know, Alan Ladd owned two shows Box 13, which is, I think it's below standards. And the other show he owned, I absolutely adore. And he, he owned and produced Damon Runyon Theater.
0: Oh, uh, and I think that was Are a you serious? Story. I did not know that. Yep. Oh, I loved it.
3: See now, <laughs> now okay. Life. Here we go, Damon Runyon. I mean, I can only take so much of that. It's it's <laughs> it's clever and it's kind of funny, but I mean, after like one show to week after week of the D's and the Do's and the, D's and the uh, you know, uh, hey. Well, I <laughs> remember going and seeing guys. <laughs> I saw guys and dolls on Broadway, and it, and it was delightful, but. You know, it's something you could you can take in little bits of, little bits of. Uh,
0: I suppose. I doses, suppose. I, I guess. I really yeah. love Broadway. I love Broadway.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, not the street, but the the character. John Brown. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think the, and John I think, Brown was another one who was versatile. Woo. Who? Was John Brown. Ever. Yeah.
1: See, I I think Damon Runyon theater is a much better show than Box Thirteen. I just. Uh, I agree. Yeah.
0: I agree. Yeah, yeah, no, Muxbury Team would not win any awards in my mind. It's an okay show, and I don't mind listening to it. That's one that I can't take a lot of. But Broadway Joe and Damon Runyon Theater, oh, yes, I could listen to that for a long time. Broadway I really Joe, I don't I know love... if I'm
3: even familiar with that show. Well, Broadway Joe?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah in the Damon Runyon Theater, the guy who hosted it with the main narrator. With Broadway, and I oh okay, and that was John Brown, who most people remember with O'Dell, the wife of Riley. Yeah, most right. Remember yeah. a lot of character parts he did yeah. The radio. Yeah, and he
0: did. Yeah, he did Al on um my friend Irma, my friend Irma Irma's yeah. friend, and he'd come in and say, hiya, chicken?" <laughs> yeah. And he was such. And his his voice would match the role he was playing. He had such talent in playing different characters he was truly a character actor he was one who got swept up in the um McCarthy. the red channel and the witch hunt with uh, the un-american activities committee his, oh, his yeah. career was just about crushed and he did come back but boy we missed a whole lot of his talent in between. Say, if it's
3: okay, I'm going to stick around with you guys for a minute, but I'm going to take a minute and go pour myself a
4: cup
0: of go coffee. Right here. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I'll be right on, back. 714 <laughs> five, right five,
1: back. Two. That's the beauty of this show. That's why you have multiple hosts. We can all take turns, you know, doing our own thing.
0: Yeah, I take my, see, I can take my phone with you. You can't take Skype with, most people can't, because I I guess some people can. Most people can't take Skype with them, but I can take my little phone with me in my pocket and Uh, sneak out and get my coffee, and you never know it.
1: We could do that, too. We could hook up your phone with Skype, we could do anything with Skype. Yeah, I know, but then
0: I couldn't get my coffee.
1: Yes, you could. Which I have
0: already done one time, and you didn't even know it.
1: But we could. We could put Skype on your phone, and then you could walk around. Oh, yeah.
0: You will make such magic. My gosh. 714-545-2071. We are live on Saturday afternoon. Uh, it is Eastern time, about 515, actually 514. And it is November 26, 2016. We are live at that time, and we can talk with you.
1: By the way, we have I'm, Bob Bro. Go, go ahead. Sorry, go I, I got to. We
0: have we have Bob Bro with us. Bob is our DJ on Monday nights, and had a longer show for a while. um Boulevard, he which do- was really great.
1: And he still he, he still has that show.
0: He still does. Okay, um, I I have missed. I, I am just so mixed up with the schedule the way it's up there. I, you know, I look at this. I look at this grid and say, Oi, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oi. I, I want to mention something. Patricia and I had a great honor yesterday. Oh, and, my gosh. And uh, you're going to hear this coming interview twice, on December seventh during the actual Pearl Harbor Day that we'll be doing on the Blue and replay uh, on Saturday, December the 10th. But Patricia and I got a chance to interview Major John A. Hughes, one of the remaining 2,000 survivors of the Pearl Harbor attack. And we had a delightful time, Patricia. I I thought it was, he had a good sense of humor and good recall about the whole where he was December seventh. And I, I I really thought it went really well yesterday.
0: Oh, it it was it was fun. If there is if there is such a word when we're dealing with such a serious subject He had such an incredible sense of humor that, you know, Walden said, what a great interview. I said, it would have been even better if he could stop making me laugh. You know, he just had some comments that he would drop in every once in a while, and they tickled me. So it's um, not only is it informative, and he had some great information to share, but it's pleasant and it's fun. And I think most of our our listeners will truly enjoy it so
1: we'll run it both on sun on wednesday december 7th and then on saturday december the 10th so we'll run it twice in that two-week mm-hmm. time span and he's going back to hawaii and he gets us a really good turnout of the pearl harbor survivors going back to hawaii here for the 75th anniversary so it's nice yeah. to, it's nice to know
0: yeah, he says his daughter is with him. Now, I, I probably should save this until after the interview, mm-hmm. but I tallied up the dates he was in service. Now, he was in the reserves for one year before he went to regular active duty in the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. and I calculated – Quickly, uh, not on the calculator. I can't do this in my head anymore. But on the calculator, you know, with the with the minus from 2016 right. plus 18 years old, and it comes out to 95 years old.
1: Yeah, he, I don't know. I hope, who right are I'm we talking target, about now? Yesterday, Patricia and I sat down and interviewed one of the remaining Pearl Harbor survivors. There's over 2,000 uh, of them with us, and his name is wow. Major John A. Hughes. And he enlisted in 1937, and wow. he was there at Pearl Harbor in 1941. And so Patricia and I had a, a really informative and in-depth conversation with him, what we was like on December 7th, and then all the uh, combat and things he saw throughout the war.
3: And he's still and sharp of mind, huh?
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. you, you would simply not get a grip. On and, and we and we say now wait a minute that was 1941. Yeah. Even if you just add that up to today, that's 75 years, and he didn't join right after he was born. So it it was just such a wonderful experience and truly an honor to be able to talk with him. But he was so unassuming, and you know he he said oh yeah this was exciting <laughs> exciting you know you're getting shot at. <laughs> That kind of stuff. So he, he was really a, a great treat to talk with in addition to an honor to be able to talk with him. So I think our folks will enjoy that.
3: We went and saw, uh, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No problem.
3: 714-545-2071. We went and saw uh, Ken Burns had a, made a personal appearance here in St. Louis uh, right before that Show that he did about the Greatest Generation. I, I don't. It, it was kind of based on that Tom Brokaw book, but right. you know he he, and uh, he just talked about at length about some of the people he had talked to and met in, in filming that documentary, and it was it was pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: I read both Tom's books, and just reading his two books is how worth anybody time to see the, all the profiles of the people he, he talked to. And the stories that were in his book, so uh, I'm glad Ken did a documentary on that.
0: When I asked the major at the outset, where were you on December seventh, nineteen forty-one? He said, "I was getting shot at." Yeah. <laughs> that that launched it. So, you know, he was. He said, "We saw the planes go over, and I knew what it was. Apparently." The uh, military in Hawaii, and particularly Oahu, had a sense that something was going to happen because the Japanese fleet was in the North Pacific, or a fleet was in the North Pacific. So they they had advanced um, sense that there was something that was going to and of course they didn't know when. So it really took them by surprise. Look at,
3: uh, yeah, look, just look at how technology's changed all that. You couldn't go anyplace now without everybody knowing every minute where you were.
1: It was You know, with, one, one, with all the
3: satellites and radar and all that, yeah.
1: And one thing he pointed out in the interview, they didn't have an anti-aircraft fire. All they had was the rifle to shoot the planes.
0: They had two machine guns and their rifles, and the planes were coming over. That's what they had to fight with. Uh. it was just amazing yeah. now, I'm, I'm guessing from what he said we're giving away the whole interview here it was just so interesting and such a joy to talk with this man and such an honor on top of it um, he said that and this was of course uh, as the battles went on he was stationed in Guadalcanal after the island was taken and he I asked him about repairing planes and, and doing the mechanical work when they came back. Not all of them were in great shape because he talked about some of the planes had holes and the holes had holes from being shot at up in the air with dogfights. And he said one of them came in with a two-foot two foot hole in one of the wings. And I said, how does a pilot, now he was an aviator, And so, you know, he flew missions out there. And I said, how does does a pilot land a plane or stay in the air with a two-foot hole in one of the wings? He said, oh, you give it a little bit of right stick, you give it a little bit of left stick. And I thought, (laughs) if if I go flying, I want to go with him.
3: Did you ever see that film Memphis Belle? No. Oh, boy. It was... uh now they were flying over the the, the european arena but the, these were young guys and you followed the crew of this one plane and these guys were like 18 19 years old you know these were bombers making bombing runs over germany mm-hmm. and they left out of uh, i guess it was england uh or wherever they left out of one of the neutral country or one of the but at any, at any rate the uh the thing was i think it was 20 that you would make 20 bombing runs and then you got to go home you may still be in the service but you didn't have to keep making these bombing runs and hardly any of the planes ever made 20 you know and at the end these guys that were on their 20th run and it was just harrowing what What they went through, it really, really, I mean, the whole, most of the movie was done inside the cockpit, but it was more of a human story than it was a war story. It wasn't all about shooting and and all that. It was like what these guys went through inside that plane. And it was, it was pretty amazing film.
0: In this story that, or the film that when you say they went home, did they actually physically go back to the States? No,
3: I believe they did go back to the States. Well, I don't know. Well, one
0: uh, one of the. Yep, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. One of the I'll things that the major, yeah, one of the things that the major mentioned, and he said, you know, I was stationed here, 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 here. I said, uh, how? What happened that you moved so quickly? He said, oh, that wasn't a lot. <laughs> Some of the other guys did more, but he said after six weeks, which was the standard, we would stay six weeks and then we would go home. And I said, home? He said, yeah, that's what we called our base. We'd get 12 weeks there, and then we'd have to go out on a six-week assignment again. So they referred to home, or he did, as the home base where they were assigned from, and they had time there before they went back out. Does that make any sense?
1: Yes. And I, mm-hmm. uh, sure. And last night, I don't know most people might have not heard last night's interview, there's a brand-new book out on Jimmy Stewart's military career. And what mm. Bob's describing—that's what Jimmy Stewart did. I had no idea. Jimmy but Stewart was actually drafted. He was—he was for the original draft in September of 1940. Mm-hmm. And because Jimmy's family has a long tree of fighting the American Revolutionary War, Civil War, he wanted to see combat. And he fought and fought and finally swept through the Pentagon and was assigned as what what Bob was describing. He was a the head commander leading the bomb race in Europe and that's what Jimmy did. And uh, hmm. he did that through he didn't do he didn't do any movies from forty one to forty five. <coughs> and what you
0: experienced
1: what he was he was experiencing uh that traumatic experience about that's what happened to Jimmy. He, yeah, he had he had Nightmares, and he said his daughter said, Oh, nobody
3: should have to. No, <laughs> and no, oh, it's, and, yeah.
1: his, and his daughter said, Um, he would never talk about it. Yeah. You know, he never talked about the war experience he went through, and until, uh, this book came out, and they, because they got through the, the military record, they were able to trace Jimmy's career. But that's what Jimmy wanted to serve his country, and that's what yeah. he wound up doing.
0: And that's what he did. What well, there, Cole. that? yeah was well, well really think
3: about crazy. it patricia the, these guys are flying in formation, and there's probably you know i don't know how many planes are going at one, on one bombing run, and you're actually seeing planes your buddies being shot down to your right and to your left
4: yeah, yeah.
3: and and it and then watching them fall, i mean I just can't even imagine the horror and yeah. then of course they're being shot at and and uh in this case and this was based on a true story uh one of the one of the gunners which is in a pod that's hanging from the bottom of the plane was shot you know and so they were trying to tend to him and yeah it was it was pretty harrowing but but most like i said it wasn't really an action film it was more of a a human film showing what these guys went through and yeah, it was pretty good. Please call back,
0: caller. We, uh, I'm sorry we missed you. Please give a call again.
1: 714-545-2071.
0: Sounds like they hopped over to your fax machine.
1: Yeah, it's tr- probably true. I was too busy yeah. talking. Yeah. I wasn't listening. So, see, good thing you were Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, I, I heard that in my ears, but I cannot tell a voice other than John Daners, and I miss him 50% of the time. was so good. He, he he did the transition to television better, I think, than anybody else. Who else may Well, maybe William Bendix.
3: Did you ever hear that he, one of his big laments was in all of the roles that he played on television all those years, he never got to kiss the girl? Not one time he said he ever got to kiss a girl on that.
0: I don't recall that they ever let him kiss in any of the radio shows either.
3: Well, in Paladin, he was kind of a ladies' man. Have Gun, Will Travel was kind of a yeah, ladies' man. he,
0: he did. Um, but I still don't remember. I mean, yeah, I remember that he was out and they had romantic relationships, not anything yeah, right, yeah. You know, that, that we would say. But I don't yeah. recall that they ever let him kiss a girl.
1: No, maybe that not. Is- Probably not. I don't. I don't ever recall it at all. Huh.
0: And of course, J. B. Kendall was such a straight-laced person from London. Yeah. Um. Do you do you know what J. B. stands for? Well, uh, yes, I
3: do. Know. But now I don't know if I could tell you.
0: Oh, I know yeah, it. I know well, they yeah.
3: said it in an episode. Uh-huh. Well, uh huh. What was it?
0: Jeremy Bryan.
3: I don't think I could have come up with that. I, I remember him talking about it once. Did uh, have you ever read about his what his background was supposed to have been? Um,
0: that he ben, had been an uh, officer. Or, um, the, it, the the frontier gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. He he was. Oh, I I forget what they called it, but he wound up in America because he didn't do so great in London. And he was what what is the name of the term? He was sent money um, Oh gosh, it, it wasn't that he was kept, but it, it meant the same thing. He was given a stipend every month, and that's why he would stop in the post office and ask, "Is there a letter?": but He was paid envelope. for
3: his individual stories, yeah, too. yeah. 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 Well, I know what you're talking about. That was like if you were the second son or third son. What was it? The first son would inherit the business. The second son would become military. And then the third son, they would ship off to America <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and pay them, a, you know, just get them out of their hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: But no, he I, had
3: actually been an officer in the British, uh, British I didn't Army. I in did that. Yeah, I, in I did India.
0: not realize that. I thought he just yes. got sent to America. And there was something... That he did not do well in, in London. And my brain is just, it's not conjuring anything there either. Caller, please call back. We're here. Honest, cross our little hearts.
3: That was a wonderful show. That was, uh, Anthony Ellis was pretty much in charge of that whole thing. And it was uh-huh. he did just some great scripts. And some bad ones. Okay, now there's there's an example, Patricia. I could send you a couple episodes of The Frontier Gentleman. You probably heard them that I thought were just terrible. And it was the ones where John Daner played this ridiculous sheriff in this town that was. Um, oh
0: yeah, he played. Yes, he played a regular role. He played two roles in that one. Yeah, he, he played
3: two. There was two, it was two seeing, or three episodes.
0: Yeah, horrible. Asthmatic and oh. Oh, horrible.
3: <laughs> Just oh. horrible,
0: yeah. Uh, well, I think the character was horrible. I don't think the story was particularly horrible. But the character, was that the one where he was visiting one of the prisoners who was going to be executed the next day?
3: <sighs> I'll have to go back and listen to it again. I don't remember.
6: I just okay, remember I that think...
3: it was just, just, and yet yeah. uh, also the, the, that episode, some of the best radio I've ever heard was done on the Frontier Gentlemen, but... Agreed. Those particular episodes Agreed. were just terrible, yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, he used the, – the story that he wanted to write was about, a, for lack of a better word, a death row person who was going to be hanged. And um, I'm paraphrasing the term he used. This is the prisoner. The term he used, but the essence is the same. He said, would you, would you come and be with me? I don't have anybody to sorrow for me. Hmm. And I was just so gripped by that and the way yeah. he said it, it was, I, I don't have anybody in my life who's, who cares enough to be with me when I go through this. Nobody would nobody would be there to sorrow for him.
3: Huh. I don't remember that. I'll have yeah. to go back and and, and, yeah,
0: and, I, and, and I that was I'm one sorry. of the ones where he
3: he played the dual role.
0: I, I think it was. He didn't want him to see the prisoner and he had to go through a whole whole bunch of stuff but i agree with you the the role of the sheriff that i mean he was asthmatic he was fat he was miserable he drank it was just a horrible character and i thought it trashed the whole show
3: yeah yeah me too i couldn't stand to listen to
1: it
0: no no i'm not sure everybody would consider it an awful show what do you think walden
1: why why don't we roll the dice and see what, what what the audience think
0: you you want me to do another Richard Diamond type thing? Of course. With my John Daner? My John Daner? that it, character. It's it good
1: for ratings.
3: <laughs> what? Controversy is good, good for ratings.
1: Yeah, from this. We get more phone calls on Saturday night because of it. Good. Oh, my
0: gosh. It, it's good for me to get wrestled to the mat on it. <laughs> But Sure. We could do that and just pick on the character. The script was fine. The story was fine. Um, J.B. Kendall was fine. It was the sheriff exclusively that I, I just spilled n- I n- over n- I n- into the entire show.
1: I know we're going to record another batch of awful shows here in about ten days or so, and I'm <laughs> an, and I'm assuming I'm assuming you're going to go ahead and pick on the Richard Diamond Christmas show as one of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You gave me away. Oh. Everybody's going. Everybody's going to be listening uh-huh. and calling on Saturday
4: night.
1: Uh-huh. Well, you Oh know. boy. You know. I oh, mean people boy. If people have other people have other opinions, they might go well send them to Patricia Florida Writer at hotmail.com. <laughs> She'll evaluate all ideas
0: <laughs> and still run the show. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's really bad. Do you remember, uh, Bob, do you do you listen to enough Richard Diamond that you might have gotten to one of the later Christmas shows where they play the individual roles in A Christmas Carol and just destroy it, just destroy <laughs> it? So uh, I'll see how many people really like that one, and I don't.
3: Don't remember that, no.
0: Nobody no. else does either. Walden does. And I'm positive we've got at least two dozen people out there who would be fighting for the there's
3: <laughs> Here's a trivia question for you. Who played Richard Diamond on television?
0: Oh, I do not know.
3: Do you remember Walden? Uh,
1: I did at one time. I, I know who his secretary was. I know who played that.
3: Yeah, that uh, was uh, Mary Taylor Moore. Right. And all you ever saw was her legs. That's right. It's and true. She had
0: great, like she was a dancer. Oh, no, it was uh, it was
3: uh, David Jansen.
0: David Jansen, that's right. Yeah. I didn't even know it was on television.
3: Yeah, well, see, was, you were I, too young.
0: I had my. Bob is going to have um, a hysterical attack here with a sixty-inch TV. I had mine disconnected.
3: Your TV? Yeah. You know what we are going to do? Come, we have a two-year. Uh, contract with ATTUverse, and after this is out, I'm I'm pulling the plug, and I'm going to go strictly with the internet. Mhm. You know, I really am. I mean, it's just way too expensive what they're charging.
0: It is. It is. I had already yeah. backed down from about 125 dollars or 150 dollars worth of television, and I thought this is stupid. You don't, you don't watch it. But there yeah. are so few things on there that you watch. So I backed it down to local and when i called i said you know i want absolute basic Oh, well, they said you have it I, said, I don't have it i've got 12 sports stations five stations in a language i don't speak and you know i just went down the list i said i don't do these in, infomercials of yeah. course at night
3: and you know so what we, was- we found is like with netflix which is 10 bucks a month mm-hmm. we we have gotten i guess like the rest of the country we we start we find a show and we binge watch so every night, like like recently, we were watching um, oh, what was it? Oh, Madam Secretary. We had never watched that before, so we watched three three seasons of Madam Secretary or two, whatever <laughs> it was. Very good. And but you know, it's nice you'd sit down and for an evening you'll watch one sure. or two episodes and then you're done. Sure. And then and and you don't lose the continuity. Before that, we watched The Good Wife. We had never seen that before. We watched Boom like five years of it right in a row.
4: Well, that's
1: why, and, I uh, heard of them. That's, that's why I think the all cart package is coming, especially on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the CBS is trying it for six bucks a month. There are different things that they're trying out. You can pick up individual channels streaming on the internet and get paid yeah. a monthly fee. And I guess that's where yeah. I see it coming.
0: So, if, what, I, what I was saying when I wanted to downgrade to just local stations and PBS and a couple of others, she said, oh, we can't do that. You've got to be kidding me. I said, then disconnect me. Well, let me transfer you to something yeah. And suddenly they could do it. And the thing that irritates me the most when you do something like this, you hear on the other end, well, if I give you a lower fee, would you stay with us? Well, if you had given me a lower fee, I probably wouldn't want to leave.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't get it. You know I have a friend that lives down it. in Orlando. Does, he, he says he does the same thing every year when his contract is up. Mm-hmm. He, he does the same thing he calls and says okay take it out and then that, he gets sent over to that person and he finally tells him look he says if you leave it at the same price you know and he said it's he said it's like like a you know being at a swap meet or something everybody's you know is, well how about you know 30 dollars more you know no if you keep it at the same and he says he ends up getting it at the same price every year but I don't know. I just. I you, to we could get an antenna to get local stations. Sure. And then. Sure. And
0: one of, those, one of those doodads that you put behind the television and hook it up, and you can get 40 or 50 stations yeah. from it for a $30 pop in Walmart.
3: Yeah, like Roku or something, yeah.
0: I I don't know what the names of these are, but well, yeah. as long
3: as you have the internet, which everybody's going to have to have the internet. Of course, what's going to happen is like with AT and T. Since we moved in this apartment, we're we're kind of a captive. It it's the only company we can use.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And so as a result, I'm sure the internet alone will be a hundred dollars a month. Well,
1: considering AT and T just bought out Direct TV and they're buying out the major co- cable company. Yeah, so they're buying out Time Warner. You know, it can be.
3: All, it can be all eighteen. It can all go back to Ma Bell anyway. Yeah. See, we had Charter before, and I had this, which is now Spectrum. But we had the same thing. We had really fast internet, though. It was really fast. Mm-hmm. But you know, you you, they had you as a captive. It was the only cable company. Now you yeah. you could use a, a dish, but we were out in the woods. Our house was in the woods, so you know, the, every every company that the only one that actually said they could give us a dish, you know, it would have required running a lot of cable
0: uh, because,
3: yeah, because you couldn't see around the trees.
0: Yeah, you don't want that. So anyway. For so long, when, when, when you said you had fast internet, I have CenturyLink. I hope they're listening. They tell their customers up to 10 megabytes a second for downloads. I have gone as low as twenty-seven kilobytes.
3: Twenty-seven
0: k wow. to download something. Can you? Well, you've amen- got.
3: What do you got? Just a regular. What do you call it? Um, you're you're not on a cable, right? It's just yes, the, I bro- am. Oh, you are. Okay. I am
0: on a cable and fiber optic on top of it. And, uh, you know, the, when, when they well, we just upgraded you, and we're not going to charge. Us. Upgrade me. I just want what you already gave me to yeah, work. Yeah,
3: what you promised. AT&T isn't nearly as good as what Charter had I, on speed. Uh, I know we – but, but you know, in all fairness, I don't – I upload shows. When I put the my show, my two-hour show on the server to go to Kim and Bill, it it probably takes – 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes to upload. And on Charter, it used to take about 10, 15. Mm. But, you know, so what? I do it at night and then go to bed, you know, so it it really doesn't bother me it, so
0: much. You, you can keep it running, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, Walden, what have you been up to this week?
1: Uh, just putting together all our specials and booking guests and things like that, Patricia. You know, I've been working on the uh, on the Las Vegas Convention Uh, we're moving the Spurback Convention to Las Vegas in January, and so we're really kicking up Facebook. Um, It's interesting and fascinating. We're working with Martin Graham, who has figured out the marketing approach on Facebook, and right now, everybody, the population on Facebook is 2 billion people, 2 with a B, billion people Mm -hmm. that now have Facebook. And you can reach people... For pennies through marketing through Facebook now, and so that's what we're doing to promote the SpurVac Convention. We have a budget, and so we're mentioning uh here Thanksgiving weekend the SpurVac Convention in Las Vegas. So um,
0: how does the information show up on Facebook, Walden?
1: It's basically the way Facebook works now. If you want to if you want to buy ad. It can go through your profile. So everybody has a little profile that you put mm-hmm. in what you're interested in or whatever you or whatever you are, what, who you are. It depends on what information you want to give Facebook. And if you're an advertiser, that's great because it helps m- your marketing. So if you want only want to be appeared on people who are interested in old-time radio in the state of Nevada or all throughout the United States, you can tell that, and Facebook will search through everybody's profile. And while you're reading everybody's message that you are friends with on Facebook, in the middle, it's the advertising about the spoof
0: vaccination. Okay. So there's an you, actual visual, visual implant right. there. But the, but
3: the ad only shows up on those people's sites who whose uh, interests match your demographic. Yeah. You
1: know? yeah. And, yeah. And here's the wonderful thing about it you only get billed for the people who actually type like. So it could be appeared by so many people throughout the country, but if they don't click like, you don't get billed for that.
3: Yeah, there's different ways uh, different ways that they bill, yeah.
1: Correct. And so because Martin's been able to make a go out of it for Mank, uh, we're using his expertise. And here's your an actual marketing courses you can take on how to – tweak your business through Facebook and so mm-hmm. we're using his expertise and then also I've been negotiating uh, maybe more people don't know MeTV I, the TV channel runs now most of the uh, TV shows the classic TV shows yeah. are owned regionally they're owned by your individual cable company in your community and so you can buy ads in your community that'll be run on MeTV T V. And those could be $10 an ad. And so I'm working on a project. We'll be buying Las Vegas uh, in the month of January for about 10 bucks an ad. And Martin's able to get 50, 60 people to show up. He got the first time he ever did, he got 381 people to show up in Baltimore to go to his convention. Wow. And so. That is it. So I've been working on the whole marketing aspect of Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. MeTV, and we're gonna still try to do the old-fashioned way of newspapers. But I have found that newspaper advertisement is pretty much dead. But there are still people who are doing it. Um, and so in, in the Las Vegas community, so it looks like another shot. But I have found in L.A., it, it doesn't really work. But uh, wanna call you on air?
0: Hey, is this a call-in show? I
1: I I hope so, Daniel.
0: (laughs) This is Dan from Indiana. Hi, Dan. Hey, I don't know how long I'm going to be on here. Uh, I'd say
7: check your email and your cell phone. I've been trying to get a hold of you for like thirty minutes here.
1: Well, I'm sorry, I was too busy talking. I guess that's why. That's why you were you the call we missed? It probably was.
7: I think you're having phone issues. You're sounding kind of uh, fuzzy on this end right, even right now.
1: Well, that's okay. I, I noticed my ringer was down, so I've been playing with my ringer, trying to get the ringer turned up.
7: Okay, well, you, I got through once, and you sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher. What? <laughs> it, it was it was. So, so the phone was still ringing until I got the... Uh, what sounds like a fax machine. Yeah, well, going.
1: this is normally a fax machine when I don't use it, so... That is, that is part of the tra- trade secret. But I was... Patricia heard it, I wasn't listening to it, then I heard the ring here, so that's what I... ...answer it, so... I'll, okay. I have to play with my ringers after the show.
7: Okay, well, you still sound a little fuzzy there, and not in a good way, either. <laughs>
1: well, that's okay. <laughs>
0: that's okay. You are so funny. Are you out of work right now? I don't mean out of yeah. work and not got fired, but you're finished with the day.
7: I'm done. I've I've been done, and I've been trying to reach you for the last thirty minutes.
0: You know what? I bet I need
1: new batteries. So they, maybe that's what, why. Dan, hold on. I'm gonna take you off the hook, put new batteries in it, and put it back in. So that no, might be. you
0: you, you sound. Per, I just put my headset on
1: and you sound fine. Yeah, but for Dan. Dan, do I sound fuzzy to you? You sound a little fuzzy. You sound a little better than you did
7: just after you answered. But, uh, you know, like, I kept calling and just it would roll over to the, uh, is it a fax machine? It sure sounds like one on this side. Yes, there is.
0: Okay.
7: Okay. Well, and, and, you you know, it would
0: would ring ring,
7: ring five times, and then it it would ring another four or five times, and i get the fax
0: Phone. Right.
1: Correct. Right. And well, I didn't, uh, I didn't hear it. You know, that, that's why That's why I didn't pick it up. Normally normally I pick it up, but somehow my ringer is not ringing.
7: And and as I told you in an email, I would have faxed you, but I wasn't sure where to put the paper in my cell phone.
0: <laughs> it, that's I, true.
7: I
3: never have figured
7: me. that out.
0: Yeah, technology is wonderful, but...
7: So is that, so what is that Lumpy out here? Is Lumpy Pardon? in the background? Lumpy in the background there talking? Lumpy.
1: Lumpy
4: No.
7: What? I heard she was I heard she was taking lumps from for more of her <gasps> opinions.
0: Uh, oh, for my Richard Diamond choice a couple of yeah. months ago. And I thought like, the show was terrible. But I, uh, there were a lot of people who didn't agree with me. Yeah. So I took some, I took some lumps on that, but we had really good conversations. I love it when people call in. It was, it's mostly Ron in Illinois, who uh-huh. gives us a call and says, "Yeah, it was good choice," or "Oh my goodness, did you make a bad choice on this one?" And we have really good conversations about this. So uh-huh. I'm cool. That's great. I'm cool with that. Yes. Alden gave me we- I've got another one coming up.
7: You may have had more callers trying to get through. I know it's been a little difficult on this side.
1: Well, we did it on perfect shift for you, Dan. What can I say? <laughs> what now? We did it on perfect shift for you. What can I say? That's <laughs> not. Listen true. here I know.
7: L- listen here, mister. True. I've been at work for ten hours already. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh.
0: Dan, did you know did you know Bob Bro is with us to start this afternoon? I heard him. Yes. Is he still there?
7: Hello, okay. Dan. Hello. 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 I think I've emailed you once or twice in the past.
3: I think you have. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. I, I pro- always pro- I love to get those emails, I boy. Pro-
1: I promote Bob on Facebook, I think. So see, that's why he was, he was a star attractionist after them.
7: Uh huh. Well, I, I even tried calling Bill in Texas, and uh, there was no answer down there either.
1: Well, he and Sylvia are going to interview him for some class project, so he's busy helping a, a, a listener out on a homework assignment.
7: Okay, well, for Christmas, I want you send me a test to your pigeon? when this happens again, I can send up a... a,
0: a <laughs> <no>. <laughs> that, that is really peculiar, because I did hear the phone the first time. And I said, we missed a call, because when it gets to the end of the fourth ring, it switches over to fax machine. Mm-hmm. But huh? I didn't hear the phone. Any other time, and I kept saying, call or call back.
7: Yeah, I did. <laughs> and you did. What
3: part of Indiana are you in, Dan?
7: I'm in southern Indiana near Louisville. Near Louisville, okay.
1: Yeah. Wait a minute, Louisville in Indiana?
3: I'm sorry. Oh, it's Kentucky. Louis-
1: Louisville, it's near. Louisville in Indiana, right? No, it's
7: in Kentucky, but you know, there's something called a river that you can cross.
3: There's an Ohio River between the two,
7: yeah. That's right, that's right. Yeah, technically I'm Starting in
0: Jan- Indiana. Starting in January, Walden gets a geography question from me. Louisville in Indiana. You know how fabulous we are on that. I'll ask him where the penguins are and he consistently says the North Pole. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we're we're going to and he'll have one for me probably. And I'm I'm just awful on geography. So anybody who wants to win Trivial Pursuit, the earliest game that comes out, which is the only one I can handle.
1: I have a trivia question to... for my panel here. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, there, there was a new auction this week. And Marilyn Monroe's dress where she's saying happy birthday to JFK went on the auction block and got sold. You want to guess how much it
0: went for? Millions. Um, i so sorry. I read that. Hold on. It was it's over a million dollars.
3: Well, it's old, so it couldn't be worth nearly as much as it was when she bought it, so I'll say fifty nine ninety five.
0: <laughs> How much was it, Walden? Oh, oh I oh, I I'm, I'm so embarrassed, I read it and okay. I don't it, remember. No,
1: all right. You guys who all know. Kick another guess.
0: Three
1: hundred and ten million. Well that's pretty high, Dan, but I think you can go come down, get a tab.
0: It's in the $60 million house, so it had to compete compete with that. Let let me
3: ask you this, Walden. Uh, Was it bought by an individual?
1: Yeah, it was. $4.8 million. Now, it did sell Mm. in
7: 2006.
5: But
1: I guess it resold here. Yeah, but it just
0: resold here.
1: So somebody must have made a pretty good investment. They resold it in eight years or whatever.
0: It's you know, always been a puzzle to me. We've got clothes that people wore, and they had to be cleaned and preserved. How do you clean something that is sequenced head to foot and preserve it? I do not know the preservation routine on this. I know they, they have sealed boxes and sealed, but you know, for the average bear, they don't work. For something like this, it's special treatment.
7: I would say it's clean by hand and probably with nothing more than, probably nothing more than light mild soap and water.
0: I don't know if that would take perspiration out. I mean, I'm, th- I'm thinking about real I think it's stuff sick. Here. Yeah, if if you use a good deodorant, that might work, but still, mm. you'd, you'd have traces of that.
3: I just can't um, imagine wanting to own an old dress. I mean, I understand the history of it and all that, but I.
0: Some somebody. Yeah. Somebody needs help budgeting. <laughs> Walton and I will be happy to help. It was Good. probably Kobe. <laughs> Four point
1: eight million.
3: Four point eight million. Wow. Four point
0: eight million. Mm. Do we you. know who bought it. No, uh, they no. usually keep themselves secret. Yeah. Uh, was there any publicity around who bought it? No.
3: Was it sold uh, at auction?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Hmm. It, it was so. But it was, just, it was one of the interesting things I saw this week on the auction block, and I figured Patricia might have always seen the stories, But
0: Yeah, I did, but I didn't remember the amount. It just made me ill. Mm-hmm. So I probably put it away in my brain and never want to look at it again. I, I, just...
3: I still remember the day she died, Marilyn Monroe. I remember it very vividly. I was home from school sick with... There was a flu going around that people was just knocking people out. And I was in, at home laying in bed with a fever, and I remember hearing that on the news and it just being, like, unreal that Marilyn Monroe had died.
1: That's a terrible time of the year to get the flu, it was August 5, 1962, I think it was. So, I mean, that's a wild time of the it year. It was August? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. Was she 42 when she died? 38.
7: I mean, JFK was, I'm sorry, Elvis was uh, 42 when he died. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah I well,
3: man, it. I wasn't in school in August. Are you sure it was August?
1: That's what
3: they say. Huh,
0: well. Look it up, Bob. I mean, I mean maybe, maybe, well, I, maybe <laughs> I'm wrong, but I think. I, I just love saying that to somebody. <laughs>
4: I, I, yeah. I mean,
1: that's the date I went in my bed. I could be wrong.
7: Now, Elvis <laughs> died in August. Are you getting them confused? Elvis died, like, August 16th, 19, I believe,
1: 1977. Right. But I think, I think yeah. Maryland was August five Yeah,
3: August 5th, 1962. Mm-hmm. August, well, uh, isn't that 62. something?
1: Yeah. So yeah. I, I've
3: got <laughs> it wrong in my mind. There was no way I was in school. I, I would have sworn that that was. Well, that's why you huh. had
1: a fever, Bob. I mean, that's why. That's right.
3: I, you know what? I was hallucinating. <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: Boy, the, the flu will do that
3: to you. It must um, have been, yes, yeah. August 5th, yeah. 1962. I was dreaming about Maryland
0: me, Bob, this is really interesting. You said it rocked you that Marilyn Monroe died, but we have lost personalities or had lost personalities up to 1962. I don't know who died, but but certainly, I mean, nobody lives forever. What was there in particular about Marilyn Monroe that got to you?
3: Oh, I didn't much care about Marilyn Monroe. Uh, I don't know. I guess it was that she was young, you know, younger. Yeah. Um, 36 years old. Um, good question. I don't know. I, you know, she was in the news a lot. Uh, she was one of those people that was would have been in the tabloids all the time. And everyone knew she was having a real trouble with with, uh, with drugs. And she was... Um, I remember when they were... Her last movie was also Clark Gable's last movie, The Misfits. Right. And I remember that when they were filming that, there was constantly news reports about how she couldn't show up for scenes and stuff because she was passed out. So it was just sort of a really tragic... You know, even even when I was in uh, 62, I was a sophomore in high school. It was a tragedy, you know? I mean, you just really... Actually, I was a freshman.
7: Do you like, know they have completed the, mis- the Misfits as much as they could and put together some form of a movie
0: that you can watch online? Oh, really? Okay, some form of a movie. They, they went ahead with production after she died?
7: I think, they, I think someone recently went back and used what was finished of the movie and put together. Mm-hmm. You know, like- well, the
3: movie was released. I remember seeing the movie. It was considered an adult movie back then, but uh, now it would be, you know, they'd show it Saturday mornings, but...
7: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, maybe it's, she was working on a movie, and it was with Dean Martin, and maybe it wasn't the Misfits, but they, she was, they were working on a movie when she died, I believe, and there interesting. is footage that they've put together in some form of a, you know, it's more than, like, probably 30, 40 minutes, and you can watch it online.
4: Okay.
0: That's interesting. Oh. So,
7: They had to do the same thing with
0: Peter Sellers.
7: Do what now?
0: They did the same thing with Peter Sellers in the Panthers, the Pink Panther series. Mm -hmm. They got to the last one. I can't recall what it was called. They changed the name of it. But halfway through, he died. And it might have been more than halfway through. And they just decided to keep going. And as a killer, they used clips from other movies.
7: They, they had enough footage to complete the movie, and where they needed his voice, they had Rich Little come in and, and dub in his voice.
0: Did they really? I know that they mm-hmm. took clips from other Pink Panther movies and inserted them as part of the story. This is what he did, and this is what he was involved mm-hmm. in, and we can't find him now, and he's just. A, uh, it, it it was not very good. It was not, and I thought it was a terrible tribute to a man who. Just made us drop in the aisles with his movies.
7: Well, I think it just became a matter of they were trying to get their money back.
0: Or at I least know, localize. I know, but there comes a point when you have a respectful conclusion. You oh, sure. You don't want to wring the last dollar out of it. And I, I thought it was, it was not a testimony. That's that's the word. Not. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was a terrible testimony to someone who had been so wonderful and had taken in so much money for the studios and they just put this patch together and tried to sell it and it was it was not good at all mm-hmm.
7: well, Walden you I may have to go back tweet, to Bob. Skyping people
0: could be say that again please I stepped on you
7: you may have to go back tonight and sky- uh, Skype people when they call in or whatever
1: well again you're on your cell phone that might be a factor too right Dan you're sounding better now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, because I'm right on top of the microphone. I was just mm-hmm. thinking about. Uh, I had a friend who is a lead camera guy, and he was on the, the. I'm trying to think of the movie about the speed racing. Oh. The current film that came out about two years ago where the, the star got killed. He was racing. Yeah, he the, was, he, he was are
7: racing. About the, are you thinking about the Fast and the Furious? Yes.
1: And so my friend Mike, with the lead camera guy, and th- the insurance policy, I think was fifty million dollars on the guy who got yeah. killed, and they also, Not enough. and also, uh, they had the money to with with the archive. They had money to finish the film, and the star brother filled in the other parts, and the, the film the film released me a billion dollars. So they knew they had a franchise that they were planning to go to Europe to start making more series. So they're going to use his brother as a double and keep doing it because some of that property is, is a is a franchise. So that's why they keep keep it going when they lose the star.
7: I think they might even bring in the brother to replace. Yep. Uh, I mean, right in the brother, uh, right out the Paul Walker and bring in his brother right. in the movie to keep the movie going. So. Who will we get to replace Patricia?
0: Nobody. <laughs> I'm uh, irreplaceable. Not
1: Oliver. Uh, Oliver? Oliver wouldn't replace you. What 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 it, Patricia?
0: <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to tell a story yeah, about you better,
1: Oliver? You better tell the story about Oliver. We were I, talking about my Oliver. A story
0: about Oliver. Um, in one of the science classes I took, we had to dissect a frog. That was our beginning. <laughs> And they were big frogs. They were, I guess, bullfrogs. I don't know, frogs from frogs. You and mean like Mac? So
1: I... Like Boy huh? and Mac? Yeah, like McDougall.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah like uh, yeah. like McDougal. Yeah.
5: McDougal. Except mine was right. Oliver
0: and he was dead. McDougal, <laughs> McDougal made it to the end of the of the series. My frog did that. And so I put it in a jar of formaldehyde and I brought it home and I named him Oliver my mother wasn't too pleased about it, which was fine.
7: Well, maybe Oliver didn't like your mother either. That's, that's, that's what possible. happened
0: to Oliver? That is possible. You know, just a, get that thing off your dresser. Get it off. So I did. I moved it to the windowsill. You
3: no, know, it's funny. Carol one time, went; she was at, a, I guess, an antique store or something. And she found this big stuffed armadillo. <laughs> and or no not not an armadillo it was a Gila monster oh boy and she, she and, and she brought it home and gave it to one of our sons <laughs> and he goes what what am I supposed to do with this and she put it yeah. on your dresser <laughs>
0: see
3: yeah see I thought yeah. the only one she just thought it would be funny and she did it I agree so it's out there for years
0: and whatever happened to it ultimately
3: Good question. What happened to your frog? What happened to Oliver?
0: Eventually eventually I moved out of the house. (laughs) I had enough to pack. I I didn't take Oliver. Oh, I was going
3: to say, you're going to tell me he's still with you.
0: No. Sometimes I think about him. (laughs) I don't know what Walden and I were talking about the other night, but it it just resurrected a memory of Oliver, my frog.
1: It's amazing how memory can be something you don't think about for years and just a flash mm-hmm. triggered the whole yeah. sequence yeah. of events. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah.
0: I was not told I had to throw it out. I think it was because he had a name. <laughs> <laughs> if I
3: just no, I agree. I well, it, could be a, it could be a smell. It could be a sound. It could be a, yeah, any, any number of things can trigger memories, boy.
0: Oh, a smell especially. Yeah. Yes. Mhm. Indeed. But that's my Oliver story. Oliver stayed with me for a very long time, and when I was told to take him off my dresser, I put him on the windowsill.
5: Well, maybe he
7: needed some sun.
0: He probably did, but it was hopeless. He was in the jar of formaldehyde. <laughs> I not even know where I got that. I must have gotten brought. When I brought it home, I'm, I must have asked for the formaldehyde, too, because that was the way they would have been shipped to the school.
7: I guess.
0: I don't know. Uh, he was in his very own jar.
7: Do we still dissect frogs in school? I know I did when oh, yeah. I was in school.
3: Yeah, they still do.
1: I'm surprised they Peter hasn't raised more of a. I, I, you're right, Dan. I'm surprised the Humane Society hasn't said anything.
0: Exactly. You know, the, I never thought about that. I never, well, you know, we eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and we, we use, do eat chicken. And we use people, ultimately, for learning and medical purposes and stuff like that there.
3: Now I see the PETA people are trying to tell us not to wear wool.
0: Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Are the
4: shoes no, getting yeah.
0: cold?
3: No, they claim that they that these sheep are, um, and it, to be honest, they show some pretty convincing films. I guess in some of these high-production sheep shearing operations, they're pretty pretty rough with the sheep. But but even so, I mean it's
0: yeah. Well, they go shopping for the worst. Um, yeah, it, it's always yeah. it's always an exception to the industry, and it's true. Every industry has bad stuff but to tell people not to use what You've got to be kidding me. What are we down to?
7: Have you seen a sheep yeah. that has not been shorn for a few years? I mean, they just get to be, their, their wool gets to be what I call, in, I mean, just ingrown. I mean, it just becomes unusable.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it, this is true. It has to be the younger wool that mm-hmm. you take from the sheep. And I, I've thought about that every once in a while. These poor sheep, they must walk around and when they're not shorn Shorn is the word S-H-O-R-N, And sure. they're not shorn and they're out in the field, they must be carrying around a hundred pounds of wool.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's pretty bald, but, pretty obvious that the intent was for those things to be shaved, you know, to, to produce wool, yeah.
0: And I have seen operations, they've filmed operations, especially in Australia because that's a big industry in Australia, and it looks like a very humane way that they do it. It's very fast, and it's not an, in cold weather, so it's not as if they they need the wool or the fur. And what
3: do yeah. they call it? It's wool. What's that? It's
0: not, it's not wool until you process it.
4: Mm. It's not, yeah, what do they call it? <laughs>
0: I don't know, I've but, not raised the sheep. <laughs> no, no, you are not, and you never did, but if not. I never thought about that. It's not wool until it's processed.
7: Yeah, we'll have to be carded. Hmm. I,
0: I bet for I, sure, I, Bob, are you looking?
3: I'm looking.
7: Okay. Boy, you're going to invite Bob back on the program more often, aren't you? Yeah.
0: It's He's a, going to be exhausted by the time we finish with him, <laughs> aren't you?
7: That's right. Well, what, I'm
3: sorry, I'm uh, reading here.
7: Did did we have any other uh, meat for uh, Thanksgiving other than
1: turkey? No, we uh, we. My family was turkey. Yeah. And mashed potato and gravy and pumpkin yeah. pie. Uh huh. And cranberry. That's what hmm. we went with this year, and we had, my brother had a crazy work schedule this year, and my brother said, how dumb can you be? They, they were trying to remodel the grocery store at the same time during the during the holidays, and so naturally, uh, they got the work schedule, so my brother had worked two double shifts, wow. beginning to work just to work around the remodel, so it was a busy time, so we, we had Thanksgiving dinner really late.
3: It's called Fleece. Oh, okay. Fleece. His fleece was white as snow. Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as 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 snow.
0: White as snow. And what's the rest of it?
3: And everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go.
0: Very good. It followed her to school one day.
3: That was my rim shot.
0: And what, what's the rest? Of it followed and made the kids laugh. And the teacher said, I can't remember what the rest of it, but the second um, stanza is, there was second yeah, stanza, I guess. Uh, it followed her to school one day. It school one day, like school, school one day. followed
3: her to school one day, which was against the rules.
0: hmm yes. And?
3: Oh, come on. I, I, um. Where Mary else
0: can had little you get a little lamb. A story like this. Go ahead.
3: Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. Please, what's I Da 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 da. I don't remember.
0: <laughs> no, da 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 da. It's not part of it. I know I, I, that.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, I do have Google in front of me.
0: Yeah.
7: It's been about forty-five years since I've recited that.
3: Yeah, it's been a long time
7: yeah
0: exactly okay and and you put in the search engine mary had a little lamb
3: mary had a little lamb little lamb little lamb mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow and everywhere that mary went mary went mary went everywhere mary went lamb was sure to go
4: followed her to school one
3: day which was against the rules it made the children laugh and play i do remember that to see a lamb at school Mm -hmm. and so the teacher turned it out but still it lingered near. He waited patiently about till Mary did appear. Why does the lamb love Mary so? The eager children cried. Uh, why Mary loves the lamb, you know, the teacher did reply. Why Mary loves the lamb, you know, the teacher did reply. <clears throat> Boy, they just don't write him like that anymore. <laughs> Lowell Mason wrote that in the 1830s. I that way in the
0: first place i have gotten my hands on and it's in my computer or they are in my computer and i have to find them and pull them out the fairy tales that kids originally heard were absolutely gruesome
4: yeah just gruesome
0: at the end Uh, goldilocks got thrown out the window after she was found in baby bear's bed and hansel and gretel did not they they just roamed around and and had some awful experiences in the woods their father had put them in the woods because the wicked stepmother said we can't afford to have kids put them out in the woods and the stupid father did and they roamed around and roamed around and they finally wound up at a house and later discovered that it was just down the street from their father's house and they walked down, and the father greeted them outside and said, I love you. I'm so glad you're back. Don't worry about your stepmother. She fell down the well and broke her neck. That's where she is. Hello? <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's,
0: that's where stepmothers belong, down the well with a broken neck. Oh, is it any wonder that kids are afraid of the word stepmother? <laughs> We've got Cinderella with a wicked stepmother? Oh, gosh.
3: You know, the, uh, a lot of nursery rhymes, too. Uh, really, was it Ring Around the Rosies"? Talked about during the, the, the plague?
0: Yeah, it, it, it's interesting to go back yeah. and read about what historians suggest might have been the origins for some of these things. Um, and. and one of them, of course, is is the rosy or the the round lesions that they got during the plague.
3: Right. Yeah. I and guess that's just, that's all
0: conjecture. Well, I don't know. I, you know, word of mouth history is sometimes a lot more accurate than what the guys go yeah. out and look for. Notice I blamed it on the guys. <laughs>
3: Eugene Field wrote a lot of uh, children's poems, and he has a museum here. His house is a museum here in St. Louis. This is where he lived. Yeah.
0: How interesting. I mean, even Alice in Wonderland.
3: Yeah, very strange.
0: Yeah, really strange.
3: Of course, um, a lot of that wasn't a lot of that sort of a political parody. or. Yeah,
0: I don't know. It, it was... Yeah.
3: Satire, From what yeah.
0: I remember, um, Robert Louis Stevenson was very ill, and he, he, he was just a, um, a physically weak and frail person, I guess is the best word, and that's when he started to write, so I don't, I don't know, it's interesting, but it was a great song, The White Rabbit, do you remember Robert Louis
3: Stevenson didn't write Alice in Wonderland.
0: Oh, of course not, Carol.
3: Lewis Carroll.
0: Yes, I'm sorry. It had Lewis all right.
3: There. Oh, Thank Patricia! You. Oh, I'm so disappointed um, in you.
0: I'm oh my goodness! Failure. I'm such. It's the timing. This is a, yeah, this is not so the right time for me to be here. Yes,
7: it is the right time.
4: It's really the
7: <laughs> yes,
0: right that, time.
4: <laughs> that,
0: that must be it. That must be <laughs> it. I was
3: just trying so. to think. What your was Lewis? Was it Lewis Carroll you're talking about that was sick a lot, or was it Robert Louis Stevenson?
0: Yes. No, it, well, Luke's no, brain. I don't know. <laughs> Ignore me. I'll just sit here for a while. Yeah. Don't ever pay attention to stuff. Walden, thank goodness, says, Patricia. Now, Patricia. <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> and he'll tell
0: you, I think it was this. And I'll say, oh, my goodness, it certainly was, wasn't it? But I'm so happy I have him. If you let me loose, I would teach people all the bad stuff. So, Well, Dan, are you going to be able to call us later?
7: Uh, that's a good question. How, uh, let's say you're uh, stopping in 45 minutes and then you're coming back at 10.30 at the normal... Yep,
1: and then, and then Patricia, will be on, Patricia will be on for a couple of hours because we have a big long interview afterwards. So, uh, so, I heard that. So Patricia, well, cause we got to send her off to bed because she's got to get ready for the holidays because, you know, we'll be putting her to work. I do. Oh yeah,
7: yeah. Do do we have extra days coming up now? With,
5: we do.
1: Uh, It'll be a rotation of some of us, but yeah, we we'll, Some of us uh, will be doing December seventh and December eighth. Oh boy! And then um, Patricia's negotiating with Ken Golf to see when Ken's available. We'll be doing the Saturday thing in a couple of weeks. Uh huh. And then starting for two weeks, starting December twenty-sixth, we'll be on every night after Bill and Mike. And John, Larry, I, you know, maybe we can sweet-talk Patricia to come by the second week, you know. I, welcome, welcome,
7: I, that's not, that sounds so good. I think I'll take every
0: day off during that time period. Why
1: don't you do that, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, then, am I supposed to be with you on
1: the 7th and 8th? It's up to you, my dear. I don't think... I'm I, I'm oh. not planning on it. I'm not planning okay, on it. Okay,
0: thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I, I think... I, my I,
1: little I, brain... I, I figured Larry, Larry and I can handle that, because I figured I want to... I gotta get you rested up for, for the tenth, the seventeenth, and the twenty-fourth.
7: Uh, Bob, I want your opinion on this. I, I've said we need to set up a third network that's all Patricia all the time. I think she's got enough of the, <laughs> enough recorded material where we can just have the uh, the pink network with Patricia all the time.
3: The pink network, yeah, that's good. Then you could, yeah, that's we could nice. just go back and take all the old shows and just replay them over that's and true. over again. I, yeah.
1: I, 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 I have all Patricia. Archive show all ten thousand hours of her or whatever we got banked over the years.
0: Are you serious? If you want me at my her. at my rate, <laughs> holy cats! <laughs> I could buy the sixty million dollar house. You know, you, yeah, we probably do have close
1: to uh, eight eight thousand hours with you on tape. See,
5: wow, how many? is worth those eight
1: thousand. Hours.
3: Eight thousand hours? Are you sure?
0: Yeah. You
3: may...
0: I, I'm We've been sure. we've been doing this um, from January first. That's true, and you're and you're
3: on twenty three hours at a shot. So I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be eight
3: thousand hours. Well,
1: that yeah. might be a little high. But wait, in other if I if I can afford to give Patricia ten dollars an hour. You wouldn't have to worry about paying the bills. We'll put it that way, right, Patricia?
0: Yeah. Wait a minute. That's below minimum wage. I
1: know, but you, you would take a lot. Well, that's
0: okay. Well, you're that's paying okay. me more than that. Yeah, well, I know. We'll give you a volume discount.
1: Wouldn't you, wouldn't you take a sum of $80,000 up front, Patricia?
0: Well, sure. Okay,
1: okay, okay.
0: Listen, I, I, I'm very inexpensive. I'm not cheap. I am not a cheap person. You will not find me hustling down the street. I am an inexpensive person. Yes, I'm not a cheap date. I'm an inexpensive date. You, no, so, you're, sure,
1: you're, I'll you're, give you... You're, 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 a value, just, you're part of the value-added point on Patricia.
0: <laughs> value-added. Well, I'll give you a volume discount. So, sure, $10 an hour would be great.
7: Yeah. $8,000? You know, already. It's a great situation.
1: Yeah, well, you know, right. I mean, honestly, it's, it's many hours she's done... It, it, it's maybe it's a little high, but I have to sit down and out, recalc- But it's a bit of a few.
0: I don't know. We've, well, we've done experts well. in between, and that means we're just finishing up our sixth year. So six years. Um, six yeah, but you filled in between. many
7: weeks there, I mean, a few years back. You filled in oh, yeah. two weeks every year. I mean, on an annual yeah. year, you've been on That's
1: every it. day for two weeks. We have- oh, yeah. yeah. Make you it $100,000. Why not?
3: Make it a hundred thousand. Why not?
1: No, nope, nothing that's mine.
3: No.
0: Who gets hundred thousand? Who?
3: Gets you. Yeah. You do. <laughs> it's it's a settlement.
0: I'll take it. There
3: you go. <laughs> you deserve it. God bless you.
7: That's right. Thank you. Well, I'm gonna I'm I'll gonna step away. Uh, I'm just here from you. All
0: righty. Again, please.
7: I'm going to step away, let someone else call in. Hopefully, they can call in. Just uh, monitor your phone here. Uh, okay. Well,
0: I'll, I'll play with it after I'll, you. I'll listen for the dingling.
3: Good talking to you.
0: Thank
7: Dan. Good talking to everybody. Thanks, and y'all have a good rest of the evening. I'll maybe call back
0: later on. You too. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, bye-bye.
1: Bye. You know, Bob, I've never been to St. Louis. What would you recommend a tourist to see in St. Louis? What would be a two, three things that we should see if we've if never been to the city of St. Louis.
3: Well, naturally, everybody wants to see the arch, you know, the Gateway Arch. We,
0: we, They're we need totally... to line, up, we need to line up our lunch. Where do you live? Would you send me your address?
3: I'm in St. Peter's, Missouri.
0: Well, I don't care. We're going to have lunch with
3: you. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Well, yeah, yes. come on. Yes. And, and maybe on sleepover
3: uh we could we yeah. could arrange for that too we're, yeah we we're pushing it aren't we the um uh, no uh, you know everybody wants to see the arch that's that's the main thing yeah. in st louis the um and that is a uh, a national park it's the jefferson memorial like exp- yeah jefferson memorial expansion national park and the um they have just been redoing the whole thing for the last two and a half years so the, the the grounds around it are quite beautiful, but they, they had had a problem in that you had to cross a fairly busy road to get from the from the eastern section of downtown to get over into the arch. Now they've got that all as a tunnel, so you can you can walk it, it's a like a grass mall all the way from the old courthouse, which still stands, and it is the very courthouse where they tried the original Dred Scott case.
0: Oh, my goodness.
3: You know, and you can still see that and tour it. And uh, it's it's right in downtown. And then um, they also have an old cathedral that's been there for like 200 years. Um, we live in St. Charles County, St. and Charles, St. Charles, Missouri, was the first state capital of uh, Missouri. But it's very interesting. It was the first stop made by Lewis and Clark once they left St. Louis mm-hmm. and they spent the night there and there's a section of St. Charles, old St. Charles that they've restored and it's still the old brick streets and it's a- actual storefronts from the 17 and 1800s. And oh, they're all turned fun. into little shops and restaurants. And okay. Carol just loves it down there. Just
0: You can just want... park and leave me off and come back in the week.
3: Yeah. Well, it's literally right on the Missouri river and it's 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 really quite nice it 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 um, it probably goes on for about 10 15 blocks and it it really does look like something you'd see in a oh any any really historic area that they've taken good care of so there's there's a few things to see um, of course Anheuser-Busch for years had their headquarters here now unfortunately they're part of an international conglomerate But uh, they still, the United States uh, brewing headquarters is here, and and you can still tour that. Uh, Ralston Purina has their headquarters here, and they have a test farm where they do a lot with their animal feeds and whatnot that's open to the public. And that's kind of interesting. So there's some interesting. Well, we moved here almost 30 years ago now. It's hard to believe. 25, 30 years ago. Uh, St. Louis, like a lot of cities, I guess, had... Probably 15 or 20 companies headquartered here that were in the Fortune 500, and now it's just a handful, you know. Monsanto's still here, but now they're being sold.
0: Yeah. Ralston Purina was bought alive.
3: by Nestle. Beg yeah. your pardon?
0: I, I just wanted to remind people we're live right now. Um, it's November 26th in the afternoon. It's 2016, 714 seven one seven one four five four five two oh seven one and I'm I sorry got, Bob go ahead I got the radio flick,
1: so we're good so go give us a call. Go ahead.
0: Okay. <laughs> um Bob you left off at Monsanto. Well
3: I was gonna say if Walden came I'd have to take him to a Cardinal game.
0: Absolutely. What? Yeah. Absolutely. yeah and I'll hold down. I'll be the welcome home committee.
3: Yeah. Cardinals are uh, they, they average about 40, 41,000 a game. So it's it's Ooh. a big it, deal. It, baseball yeah. is a big St. Louis deal.
1: Is sort of the baseball capital of America, now yeah. really yeah.
3: the best fans. How, how did that happen? Oh, they've been, well, next to the Yankees, they have the, the most World Series appearances of any team. And um, so this year it was kind of unique to actually have the Cubs beat us, you know? We missed the playoffs by one game this year. So, but, uh, and then, of course, you've got our Rams back, but yeah. that's okay.
1: Yeah. You guys
3: want to, th- you guys want to give them back already, I think.
1: <laughs> well, considering the stadium we're building for them, nobody want to leave that. Yeah. You know, they tore down Hollywood Park to build the football stadium. Yeah. And, what? Yeah. and I think it was, was it $2.4 billion or what they're going to spend on the thing. All yeah, and and, and none all, of
3: that is public money. No, either, it's, all is it?
1: yeah, it's all private. It's all private money. It's Dan Cronkie's money, and it's going to basically be the home, the West Coast home for the NFL, basically. They're yeah. designing <sighs> it to be that way. but
0: Now I hear the phone. All
1: right. Hello, there you are. Dear.
5: There I are. Hi, Ron. There, are. there are.
2: Hi there.
5: Let me get
1: bring you on. Let me hang up on you and bring you on the Skype. You sound so much better on the Skype. So. Yeah, I'm sure I can. Okay, you, I'll, you, I'll call you right back. Okay. All right. Hold on, everybody.
0: All right. Now, Bob. Mm-hmm. I heard your squeaky chair.
3: Yeah, it's a squeaky
4: one. It's...
6: You Josh didn't Professional, Patricia sound, from FL, all tab, Skype Trade tab, folksy. online tab, Yellowton yeah. Use tab, folksy. search edit, one name, favorite, to Julia, thought, Robert, Bob uh, Brooks, Stuart really that. Cannon, That's Thomas good. Matt, Patricia, and Red Messages, Larry, unread is messages, a front John Gass, Bill Brad, Ron Bon, uh, uh, applications, Rocking content, Chair, Send Diet, Send Video, Send SMS, Send Contact, Send Files, Send Voice Share, Invite a Crew Enter, Leaving Menus, so, good. Unloading job. Yeah. Okay.
0: Oxy is good. okay what you've got what you and I did I told you I visited your site and you know I'm working my way through there oh no, I'm still working good. on it
3: every day so
0: yeah and I knew that um, but it, it's it's an interesting way it's an interesting setup and um, it, it's it's gonna be a fun place for people to visit
3: yeah yeah I hope so I hope so and I'll tell yeah, you. go. I guess Ron's on here now.
0: So. Yep. Well, I, am. I am.
3: I am
2: indeed.
0: Hello there. Oh, there you go. Now you sound good. Yeah,
2: it's it's got to sound better than that. Oh well, then you, you know what. Are
0: you calling because I talked about Richard Diamond?
2: No. Well, Over no. Ray. I'm calling. No. <laughs> oh, no, no, but but I will say this. You you struck a new last night.
0: Uh oh. Oh, what was it? Oh I played and last night.
2: The that American Ranger thing? Yeah. Oh. Oh. I,
0: I had a good one, huh?
2: Oh, you really did that. I just that's amazing how something could be so
0: bad. I know, and that's not the only episode out there. Really? Who would have wasted tape to record something like that?
2: I can't imagine it.
0: Yeah. What year was that? Do you recall what what year I had on know. I can look you it up. You said Never it mind. was
2: 35, but it, that, that can't be right.
0: No. Well, exactly. I, you know, it could be, hold on. Let me see. I don't think so. I, you know, I, I try so hard. The recording I really is, do. I, was, I try it, hard to, um, see. Uh, da, da, da.
2: it was too late a recording for that. You could tell. Uh, all
0: right. And, and it, the name was Ranger? It had Ranger in it? American Ranger? Yeah, I think so. Huh.
3: Guys, I'm going to step away for just a second. I'll be right back. No
1: problem, Bob. No. This <laughs> is yesterday, USA. I'm Walden Hughes. Walden Hughes. We're ready. we Who's taking a quick bag? Patricia in Florida. Ron Bond in Illinois. You can give us a call. What? Because I'm not finding a phone line. 2071. Okay. You can,
2: well, You well, them because I'm not tying up the phone That's line. That's right. We can,
1: put, we can put up to 25 people on Skype with Patricia, but I don't think she'll ever talk to me again if I ever did that.
4: How did?
0: What?
1: If I had 25 <laughs> people on here talking to you at the same time?
0: <laughs> if you had five. we did, How many did we have that one night? It was only four. Was, it was, and I was part it was, of
2: that.
1: It was four, it was four guests. You and I and four guests, so or six of us on Skype at the same time.
0: Oh, oh! I'm my poor brain. My hair hurt. <laughs> my hair hurt. I cannot find it. Uh, maybe it's on my desktop. Anyway.
2: Anyway, it was, um,
0: it was Yes, horrible. it made my hair hurt. I, but, yeah, I just I was could not. I, I, was I couldn't that. keep track of everybody.
2: I was I was part of that call that night for a minute. Are you serious? I think I were.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That is really funny. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, Friday's first one. I can't find it.
1: So, how's, oh, well, how's the weather in Illinois, Ron?
2: The weather is, for this time of the year, not bad. We're probably in the 40s, maybe upper 30s, lower 40s. It's not bad for this time of the year. We haven't had any snow, have not had any snow. Um, we can wait on that. I wouldn't mind. It wouldn't mind if we waited on that and maybe mind if we never got any. But <laughs> okay. All right,
0: it was Bob Sterling. That's right. American uh, Ranger. Oh. And awful is, oh. that, that, that was good. Awful.
3: You you hit is, that, new- is that different than Robert Sterling? What? Robert Sterling was it is that that's not the same actor.
0: No this this is no, a this, radio this is actor name. from
2: the character And
0: name? what what did I say here about the date?
2: Yeah, but the and actor's think, name was Bob Sterling? No.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't no? think that was the actor's name.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was. Um, I don't I don't think uh, so.
2: that was the character's uh, name. Yep,
0: uh, Probably, yeah. It, it was an it was 1948 cartoon series. It was That's probably more it like
2: was, it. yeah. Go ahead. That's probably more like it. Yeah. Because uh, Robert Sterling played
0: and, in, and, hmm?
3: Robert Sterling played in uh, Topper. He played George oh, no. Kirby.
1: Right. No, he no, he, this, he Aunt, Aunt uh, was married to Ann Jeffries, who's in her 90s now. And he was pretty much bedwitten at the end of his life because he was taking, by the time I talked, oh, not the last time, but the time before, he was basically sort of managing him and looking after him and doing the
3: interviews. Well, that's right. They were married in real life, weren't they? That's right. I've forgotten that. Yeah.
0: Oh, well. So, anyway, it was not a radio show, it was put out as a radio show later on or as an episode. So this is the only one that is available in audio. And it was the audio for a cartoon. They were introducing and and auditioning for a cartoon series. And this was the storyline for the first one. So Uh. it wasn't even for radio, although it was put out as an audio production. Oh, I can tell I wowed everybody with
2: that one. <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was a real waste of tape, I think.
0: Yeah, it, it was. But I think because it was an audio audition for television, the quality of the sound probably was an improvement.
2: Yeah, it probably was.
0: Yeah. So.
2: Now, uh, another thing for you is... Uh, I don't know if the Dropbox works or not, because I tried to put some stuff in there the other day, and it never got taken out.
0: Oh, well, I'll have to go look. I, it, it showed up on the computer that you were sending stuff, but I sent a whole bunch of stuff to Russ in Texas. And he, he did sign up for Dropbox, but he never took the stuff out. He, he,
1: called night, he called me last night, asked how to work it, so I walked it through him, so...
0: Hopefully. Oh, so let me let me check the other computer. Yeah. You guys are on the other. Well, computer. I don't have it in there
2: yet. I've got to put it back in. I, okay. I need. Well, I'll go that, put it that,
0: back that was one of the reasons, probably, why it wouldn't go in because I had it crammed up with more than a gigabyte for Russ.
2: Well, I can. So uh, I'll go, uh, when we get done here, I'll go put it back in, and you can go look for it. It won't have the title uh, of the of the program on it. It will be Volume One and Volume Two. I'll put two volumes in there. Um, and there uh, are like um, six or eight programs in a yeah. volume, I think. Yeah. So well, then two. he
0: still didn't take anything out here, and I'm going to delete it when he, when you and he figure out how to do that. I will leave one in well, as a, yeah. as a pull, practice yeah. for him.
1: I, I say pull, pull pull him out, give me one file, but I explain to him how to do it. So uh, yeah. so go ahead, Patricia, just go ahead and yank. That way you, you're not clogging up the rest of your boxes.
0: It, exactly. Yeah. So Oops. I left two there so he can practice, and if he right. lets me know that he can do this, yep. then um, then I will put them back in. Okay. So that,
2: and, that, that... And when we're finished here. When we're finished here, I'll put I'll put the stuff in back in. There'll oh two
0: yay! Two files. Oh by, yay! Okay?
2: And it, but it won't have the title of the program. It'll just be Volume One and Volume Two.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. fine. Whatever. It's good listening.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's good listening art. It really is. It's very good.
0: Yeah. Christine's
2: yeah. complete uh, set of these, so you'll you'll be happy with that.
0: Mm-hmm. The better mm-hmm. ones were taken from, or <laughs> shall I say, oh, what the heck, appropriate <laughs> from, yeah. from the original series. Uh, but you know, overall, it's pretty good. Very good. So yes, I have deleted uh, the files, Walden. There were two in there that he can practice with, and um, then if he wants to do it, I'll I'll put the rest of them in there. I no had problem. sent Russ, yeah, I had sent Russ a bunch of Big John and Sparky, which he had asked for, and I can do that when anyone is willing to sign up for Dropbox. I can do that <laughs> instantly, and you'll have them on the computer. But he had not done this before, so I was all jammed up with more than a gigabyte in there. So I am, I am available. An inexpensive date, and I'm available. How about that?
2: Oh, how about that? And when, we're, as I say, when we're finished here, I'll put these back in.
0: Oh, great! Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. hmm. I've only got two gigabytes because I didn't sign up for the, uh, you know, for the pay for ones. I I, I stayed with the free one, so I'll watch and
1: oh, the nice, uh, sure the thing though, no, Patric- every time you join a drop, you you get. Another .25. so you actually you got more than two gigs.
0: Do you know I have not gotten those points? I got. How, how do you get
3: points?
1: Well, oh, basically,
3: drop, or
0: actually, extra space. Yeah,
1: Dropbox. Yeah. Uh, you might as well send them an email, Patricia. but every time you every time you sign up, every time you join somebody with your uh, Dropbox account, they always give you a point. They uh, always yeah. give you a quarter of a gig. Anyone who
0: responds to an invitation from you, they're supposed to give me a quarter of a gig. Right. And for all the people who have signed up with me, I got one on the smaller computer, one quarter bit gig, and the other ones are just ignored.
2: Walden, well, I don't know if that's quite correct, though, is it? Because I thought you only got got uh, got it if you signed somebody new up.
0: Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, In if you join, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah,
2: I don't think so. I think if you sign somebody new
0: up. Well, oh, okay. I don't know. So Larry, when Larry, when I got Larry, hmm? Larry Go and I both have over six
1: gigs. Because every, every time we sign with somebody, we get another quarter
0: of a gig. But it's not somebody who's already a member. I'm assuming. Is that what you're saying, you? Ron? It has to be a new person.
2: That's, that was my understanding, and I think uh, I think Larry told me that.
0: Yeah, well, that sounds that sounds reasonable. Yeah, but I didn't get any.
3: They have a lot of competition now too. Oh, yeah, they do. Really? there's there, there's one called WeTransfer that yeah. same type of deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How, how much space do you get from there?
2: I don't remember. There's, there's uh, uh, didn't
0: you know there was going to be a test?
1: There's another one that Lowe signed up for free. Now offering you 10 gigs in the cloud.
2: It's PCloud.
1: Yeah, eCloud. Cloud for free. Cool. Yes. Whoa. So there are a lot of places out there who are really trying to go into competition. Um, yeah,
3: we transfer is kind of easy because you just—it's all done by email. But I like Dropbox because I like the way you share files. That way, it's kind of cool. Yeah, you just it drop sense. it in there, and yeah, nice yeah, that's. Up.
0: Okay, I have a question for you guys. Everybody's on Dropbox, and I'm still trying to figure out how to send in a folder. Well, then, when I get stuff from you, you frequently send a folder, not individual files. How do you do that?
3: Zip it.
1: Nope. I I, I, I actually do it the old-fashioned way. I make a folder, and I put files inside of a folder, then I drop the folder in your box.
0: I do, too. It will not allow me to do that.
2: should.
1: You should. You should be able to make a folder. Mm-hmm. You know how to make a folder? Sure. Okay. It'll do it would do it, it. In my case I control N and I type in a folder name and I have a folder and then I put files in the folder. Mm-hmm. And then I cut and paste the folder into your box. And that's how that's how I do it.
0: Just into your box. Now I could not do that. It refused to allow me to do that. And it was I I did a test because it was you know, really small, like two files in it. Wouldn't allow me to do that, so I went up to the site. Which is where I normally drag and drop, um, and it wouldn't allow me there either. It just says error. Well,
3: that's you right. can zip the file, and it'll let you do it then. Yeah.
0: It makes you
1: wonder though, because <laughs> you are still an Apple Apple uh, supporter. I wonder if that's a little different than what we do with the with the uh, the PC. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so.
4: <laughs> I don't
3: know, either. It could. Well, you you have an Apple, Patricia.
0: Yeah, I have a Mac. I worked I worked on Macs for years. Uh, okay. And I started with Macs because the publications I was doing work for switched over to Mac systems. Yeah. And because I worked on a Mac, they didn't have to go through extra steps to get my yeah. work into print format. So I got extra work.
3: Yeah, my son, that's the software engineer. He does the same thing. He uses a. Mac for everything,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, it it was originally designed for uh, publishers because it does, of course, the graphic artwork, and they didn't have to. You know, what what they sent to the printer was a finished package. They didn't send pictures, and they didn't send copy, and they didn't send a start. They just said, "This is the way we want it to look." And that was that really slashed time on their end. And then they. Isn't it funny off.
3: how. Carol bought, we bought, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe I guess 10 years ago, a um, Mac for, you know, it was a standalone. It it looked like one piece. It was a molded. Mm -hmm. Correct. And now, you know, people will come in and we've got it in a closet someplace now. And they'll say, oh, my gosh, look at that. That's an antique. That's, you you know, you know, it's just (laughs) amazing. Yeah, 10 years old or whatever.
0: It's not an antique.
3: Well, it is in computer terms. I mean, it's well, just I threw, a ridiculous. I threw an
0: antique away then. I, well, I just, I'm, I'm running out of room. It was, an, it was a Mac Classic, the first one that they put out in a single unit. It had a screen the size of a postage stamp. <laughs> and uh, you know it was, it was the first one. And I just took it to the dumpster and said, you're taking up space. I probably should have put it on eBay. Every once in a while, you'll see one up there. But you know, packing this stuff and shipping it. Oi,
3: oi! You're not supposed to throw those things away, you know.
0: Good.
3: You're not supposed to throw them in the dumpster. Uh oh. That's that's yeah, all right. No. <clears throat> well, I mean, you're supposed to. Uh, what is it? It's there's dangerous stuff in there, I guess,
1: Most for the environment. Stop, yeah. Yeah. You gotta mind the. Gold. You know how old
0: the Mac plastic is? I. I can't imagine that there's anything alive left in any of these things is, is, yeah. is it like in the screen when you grind up the screen and stuff
3: you know I really don't know
1: well I think they, where, the, they where where hit, do
0: we have to put them
1: they want to take the gold and silver out of those things
0: you're telling me I threw away gold and silver <laughs> most likely mm-hmm. yes
3: I'm sure you probably could have sold it it probably would be worth the time but
1: you could have retired, Patricia. Uh, yeah.
4: oh,
0: I did it again, didn't I? <laughs> I have a lifetime of bad decisions that have not served me well. That's one <laughs> that's of
3: them. A bad one. I know I've got two or three old monitors here I, I want to get rid of, but I don't want to just throw them in the dumpster. No, we,
1: we, we take all my computer equipment that we have to a recycling place, and that's how we dispose of it. Yeah, yeah, we've got What's
3: one kind of those of near here. It's a recycling place. They recycle everything, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, oh, so
0: I can just put it. I can put it. Oh, they, they complain about everything. I tried uh, to put shredded uh, paper in there. Not even the cross cuts, just strips. Uh huh. And they went bazonkers. Sent out notices. Do not, do not put shredded paper in there. It goes in the dumpster. Well, golly gee whiz! You know, you tell us to to, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, frustrating. So you know what I did? I have to tell you. I still shred. I don't want my bills. I don't want, you know, that kind of stuff in the dumpster. So I shred just like I normally do. And I save all of the, or as many as I can, the envelopes that come with pay your bill, but you don't have to because you already paid it type stuff. And I stuff them with (laughs) the shredded paper and twist them and put them in my recycled bags. (laughs) So they get them anyway.
2: I shred also it just it just makes sense it does, it does. i've told
3: it just does. about every company that i deal with to to make me paperless i just I, I just yeah i just don't do anything with paper i don't even have checks i don't even have any checks no carol ordered some checks the other day for something that she needed it for and i thought you know i ha- i haven't had checks in 3 years
2: i still use them here but not much a yeah. lot you're right but- a, the check uh,
0: register that I have is probably two years old, and I'm not even yeah. close to the end yet.
3: No. And so, and yeah. to be honest, one of the things that people used to like about checks is there was float time built in, you know, from the time you wrote the check to when you. Mhm. But I, actually, one of the things I like about paying online is it's instantaneous because that way there's no questions about did I did I pay that or not? You know, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. I always yeah, right get a
0: confirmation. Yeah. Now, I pay. As many bills, I can't remember the last time I wrote a check to pay a bill. I write it for my rent because their online system is so screwed up, nobody can do it. So, I mean, it blocks. It, it says you need a password. You try to put a new nothing. So that's yeah. the only one I write a check for. But you're right. But I, I want to keep the paper for tax purposes. So when mm. I get a bill from the company, I just realized that some of them like my bank, I've got a credit card through my bank, they save six months. That's all I can get. And I didn't realize yeah. it until I yeah. <laughs> threw through them, them away. But it gives me a paper record and I put it in with my, my stuff for income tax, you know, the receipts and stuff for the year. So I yeah, Because you do that.
3: your own business, right? So yeah, you've got yeah. a lot of business expenses.
0: Well, i not a lot because I'm a home-based business Um, you know I don't have travel well sometimes I do when I go out on a research assignment but for the most part I have my computer
3: yeah but you can take a percentage of your rent and all of that too oh sure oh
0: sure yeah and it's about 20% of my apartment I figured yeah assuming yeah when
3: I own my own business it was that was uh, a major benefit of that boy
0: (laughs) yeah Yes. yeah and there there is no self-respecting person who could come in here and say, "Well, what did you do? what do you have your computer in your bedroom? I don't think so. I got a file cabinet <laughs> yeah right.
4: It,
0: it was the only thing livable here is the closet.
3: yeah I, I literally set up an office in our house, so there was no question yeah
0: yeah yeah and and indeed, that's what I have here. so, so what have you been up to, Ron?
2: Well, uh, what did I oh uh, uh, last? Uh, I enjoyed some uh, listening to some Dangerous Assignment last night, really like that, and uh, got a chance to listen to a couple of those last night. That's really a good program.
1: You know who owned that show, Sherish? What's that? You know who owned Dangerous Assignment?
2: No,
0: Patricia, that's right. Am I good or what? You're very who? good. Please don't, please don't tell him I've listened to. Maybe one. Episode. Who who
3: was it? Owned it?
0: Frank Brzee owns the Frank series.
2: Is oh. right?
1: Yeah, he bought it for um, the estate, buying down of estate years ago.
2: I think there are some missing. I I found. I looked what I have here, and there are a few missing.
1: Well, I have 130 of them, so I don't know how many you got, but that's what I that's what we know oh, oh, oh. available.
2: Whoa. I have 106.
1: Okay, well, now, also, see, what we have is also the Australian series.
2: Well, there, the, that is not including the Australians. Uh huh. I don't think. There are 11 Australian ones in this. But,
1: you know, no, it was owned by Don Levy, and then Brent, Frank bought it back in 1975.
2: I didn't realize yeah. that. That's interesting.
0: So, what did he do with that?
1: Frank syndicated the TV series for years. Um,. He would take. He would syndicate the TV series in Europe. So it so it came with the TV series and the radio series, and then Frank would syndicate the the radio ser- the TV series. So he,
4: so he owned, owned the oh. TV
3: series.
1: Yes. Wow. Yeah. Frank, yeah. One, 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 Every but, time you say something about Frank, it just blows
4: me away. Yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean Frank was a pure entrepreneur but yeah he 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 owned the uh, the dangerous assignment series so so the money was in t v for a lot of years, so he would syndicate and so he had those big you know big reels of tape sixty millimeter films yeah. of all that stuff oh my god and, and and then t v stations around the, the world would would syndicate the series that's amazing and it was only thirty nine
0: well, yeah Ron, you said this was a really good series, and you like it a lot. Convince me; I should listen to a couple of more. What's good?
2: Well, uh, the, the the action there, uh, Brian Donlevy is very good, of course. I think I, I think he's good, and uh, um, it's just it's just a good adventure series.
0: It's an adventure series. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Gee, if if you were asking me about Sherlock Holmes, I'd say it was a great actor and it was a good series and they were good mysteries. That wouldn't be enough for you. Uh,
2: yeah, it would. That, that that's good.
0: That, that would do it. Oh, see, I, I want I want to know. See, I'm, I, as I say, I probably seven years ago I listened or five years ago I listened to one, and
4: mm-hmm. um,
0: mm-hmm. because I'm not an adventure type person. As a rule, I mean, I love the Scarlet Queen, but as a, as a rule, I don't care for adventures. I'll trade them in for mysteries and comedies. So I really need to be convinced that I should give this a chance. So convince me.
2: Oh, I don't know if I can. Uh, I, I think the acting was, was very good. In the, uh, a lot what of, kind that- of
0: characters were in it? And, and what kind of dangerous assignment, what kind of assignments were given out?
2: Oh, it was all over. They were the, dangerous. They were dangerous. He was all over. <laughs> the place. And, and, yeah, it was, and that that that's really true. Uh, he, and, I mean, uh, was,
0: it, was he was he an undercover spy? He,
2: no,
1: he went for the U.S. government, so he was sent right. to look to get the communists or whatever around the world.
0: Okay.
2: And he was he was all went all over the world. He, he never knew where he was going to be from one week to the next.
0: Okay, and this is like this is not like Mac
2: no, no. I was
0: a communist for the FBI. This was not undercover work.
2: No, that thing okay. was intense for me. Uh, that was that thing that I was a spy. I was a spy for the. I was a communist for the FBI. It was really intense. Now I can't take more than one or two of those at a time.
1: And I sure yeah. feel like I sure sort of feel like a very stiff series. If this is the FBI. I always thought that show seemed very. Stiff or very cardboardish. Uh, that, well,
3: that's... in a way, yeah. And uh, don't you imagine uh, that's because of Hoover?
1: Maybe so. You know, the classic maybe. story about that, though, and I always get kicked kicker out of this um, at a Spurback meeting, we had the writer who wrote for the This Is Your FBI. And he so he was up in the FBI building in Washington, D.C., talking to Hoover. Uh, so when he got down to the meeting, he would, down, he would go down to the lobby of the FBI and call his bookie. In, in the in the FBI building there in the cell phone booth to make some bets he was, so that's why he would call the bookie, he was right there in the FBI building
0: well you never look in your own closet you're out chasing Elliot Ness <laughs>
2: well that's interesting because I of the two well I I I kind I, I enjoyed uh, this is your FBI but I think more uh, I, I liked um the uh, the other FBI series more
1: FBI Peace and War.
2: Yes, I I think that was better. I really liked that better. But that Hoover didn't like that. No,
1: that was a, that was because Hoover had no control. That's right. And also, who somebody got in and interviewed the FBI, and then Hoover was not too happy about the book. Oh, and then he was. Book, and then the book took off and and became the radio series. So right. And that's probably part of the reason why he started. This is your FBI, Mm you know.
0: That's really interesting. When somebody raises a fuss about anything—a book, a movie, uh, anything that the public can get their hands on—when someone raises a fuss, the sales go up. So he didn't do himself any kind of a favor.
4: Think
1: about Hoover. What What a I mean, crazy
0: person he
1: was. Well and, and let's face it, he was in power for what, forty two years or something? Yeah. Oh
0: gosh,
1: it, it oh, was forever. Yes. You know, I mean so
3: he should have run for president. He
1: probably could have.
3: Yeah, he might be to. You Yeah.
1: Know, and really he just uh, especially in especially in the heights of his fame in the thirties. He probably could have he probably could have put a hat in the ring, really. But uh, mm-hmm. But you know, he he did not like the Green Hornet. Okay, made him upset that the the catchphrase, even the G-Men could not reach. Yep. Front, that was the, that was a <laughs> phrase in the Green Hornet uh, story. So Hoover I was. I who that. Hoover was upset about that. So I think he was upset about a lot of things. If he thought. Is there was
0: anything funny. he wasn't upset about that might know. be an easier list to go through?
1: I, I don't know. Yeah. And now, that's, that's really funny. Oh, yeah. you know,
0: the, the, I was a communist for the FBI with Matt Svetik. Yeah, Matt Svetik was a real person, and the show, the radio show, did not represent the real life. It was strictly no. creative. Um, it was a success, but I thought using Matt Savetic's name... I didn't think uh, there were people who were upset about that because it did not represent him or his assignments.
4: Yeah, I don't
1: think... I don't think he was on... Uh, Hoover was not yeah. happy about him either. And I forget the story. Martin
4: dug up a whole all on, on that, Hoover was
2: just not happy.
1: Yeah. He was really happy man, was he? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: he? He was not. He was not. And he had some personal things that would have destroyed him if they had gotten out into the public. So it's not a wonder to me that he was so protective and so tight-fisted with
3: anything. It was sort of the old,
0: uh, you
3: protest too Uh much.
0: Exactly, exactly.
3: Uh, Anything
0: that would call attention to himself or invite scrutiny, I guess would be a better way Mm -hmm. to put it. Invite scrutiny because of his personal life. So no scrutiny at all was very good for him. Unfortunately for him, he couldn't control everything. Yeah. Which must have been a real problem for him. Such a controlling person and not be able to do it.
3: How oh, he even control presidents, you know? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, he did. Couldn't control Walter Winchell.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh... Edward R. Murrow, you know, I mean, there's always going to be somebody that's going to have the nerve Mm -hmm. to speak up. And yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. There's always somebody out there with courage to go against the prevailing wind.
3: Hey kids, it's coming up on, on the hour here.
1: I'm looking at that. I'm calling Texas to take a yeah. So, uh,
0: Ron, thank you you
2: you for joining us. Well, thank you. And enjoyed the visit. And, um, I don't know if I'll call back later. I may. We'll see what happens here.
0: We'll see what happens. Yeah. I hope you nice do. talking I to
2: you, Ron. Yeah. I'm talking to you also. And uh, I, we could talk about St. Louis though, because I did spend some time down there. Maybe we should do that sometime. But... Yeah. Hey. Come on down. Uh-huh. Or out or up, I guess, in your case. Or yeah. over. We
0: have to say goodbye to everybody.
3: Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank I sure you. appreciate it. It was a Thank delight. Thank you for
0: being with us and yeah. everybody we will be back at our regular time tonight at ten thirty eastern and thank you for being with us goodbye walden bye goodbye, Bob. bye
1: bye everybody talk to you three everybody. and a half hours okay we're off
0: three and a half hours we're off yep.
1: Boy. that's that's that's, a, that's how much of a break you got <laughs>
0: three
1: and a half hours three and a half hours you can take I a nap. I, uh, I can wake you. you up oh, if you want.
0: No, it's okay. I think I'm okay. You know, uh, I, well, I'll I, listen I, to I you listen can...
3: guys in bed tonight.
0: Thank you, Bob. <laughs> oh, you know, this, Talk to you later. <laughs> Carol, okay. bye. Bye. Let us know if we had fun in bed with you, okay? Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. And please say oh. hi to Carol for us.
2: All oh,
1: right. Okay, everybody. I'm gonna hang up on everybody and show everybody can relax, and then I'll talk in a little while, Patricia.
5: And
0: watch we your. We were on the
5: air. air?
1: No. Well, I, I took it off. Oh. Air. Yeah.
2: We're not on. Uh, and, and I have just, to
0: ask you before I say things like bed. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think I'd know by now? No. Okay, I'll talk to you I, later.
2: Do, no, do watch the Dropbox because me coming shortly.
1: I think she I will up. check. Okay, good. And don't no, I'm, forget. I'm here. I'm, and, and don't forget. Send me the send me the uh, email to your candle so selection.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, thank you for the reminder. Yes, sir. Okay. I'll talk to you later. All right, guys. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.
6: JAWS Professional, Patricia from FL Home, Bill Bragg. Alt page down, menu, Alt tab, leaving menu bar, edit. Alt tab, Skype trademark, left, Alt page down. Alt page down, menu bar, Skype, Windows M, leaving menu bar. Windows M. Alt tab, contacts list Alt Windows M, desktop, S, folder view, list view, CKS S, sound for enter. User ALT Y, SOUND, ESCAPE, ESCAPE, ENTER, ZERO, ENTER, 0.0, MENU A, LEAVING menus. DATA WINDOW, SOUND, ONE STAR, SAVE AS DIALOGUE, FILE NAME, COLON, SOUND, ONE, DOT, WAV, EDIT. S, S, A, T, U, R, D, A, Y, A, F, T, E, R, N, O, N, O, O, N, AFTERNOON, SATURDAY, AFT, SPACE, A, F, T, E, R, N, O, -o 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 N o-, o O O N Blank. 1 1. Dash 2. 6. Dash 1. 6. The D- I. T. 8. Ac- P. A. T. R. I. C. I. A-, a. A. N. D. B. O. B. B. R. O. Save a save but enter data window 0. 0.018 seconds.